Before Sarah discovered ChumbaCasino.com, she enjoyed chamomile tea. Come on, big jackpot. And being in PJs by six. Let's go. The new fun Sarah often thinks about the old boring Sarah. Yes. And wonders if that Sarah ever really existed. Chumba Casino has over a hundred casino style games. So join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. We were created by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Mic Drop, the podcast where relevancy is irrelevant and we don't give a shit about your feelings. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it's a distinct honor and pleasure to welcome my next guest to the podcast. He is a former U.S. Navy SEAL for six years and conducted two deployments. He was a CIA contractor for nine years doing mobile security work and accomplished 20, that's right, 20 fucking overseas deployments. He is the current owner of Vigilance Elite, which provides shooting and tactics instruction as well as marketing consultation. He trained Keanu Reeves for the movie John Wick. If Dirty Harry and John Wayne had a kid, it would be him, and the last fuck that he gave is actually arm wrestling with the last fuck that I gave at the gates of hell. Welcome to the podcast, Sean Ryan. Hey, thanks, Mike. Yeah, I appreciate the hell out of you coming down here. I know, uh, you know, scheduling-wise, it's a bitch. Um, I know you just moved to Tennessee, and with uh, a fellow brother of ours passing tragically here, uh, rest in peace, Scotty Wirtz. Uh, I know you attended his funeral last night uh, up in St. Louis and made the, the trek down here, so I, I can't thank you enough for, uh, for fitting us in. That's a, that's a big fucking deal. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So the in, in terms of uh, kind of how I like to do this, I like to throw a little bit of a lightning round at people first, just kind of work the fucking kinks out and get the uh, creative juices flowing. Not in a weird way, or maybe in a weird way. Uh, we are a couple of ex-frogmen, so uh, it could get fucking weird. Who knows? Uh, one thing I, I do want to ask just in, in terms of uh, because it's, it's so recent um, – what is your favorite Scotty Wirtz story? And for the listeners, uh, Scott Wirtz was a former SEAL that uh, was just killed in action in Syria um, in mid-January. And, uh, and Sean went to his funeral last night, so that'll give you some context as to when this was uh, recorded. But uh, I, you know, you, I know you were, you were good friends with him and just came from his funeral. Do you have a, a favorite story uh, that involves him that you could share? Uh, I don't know if I have too many that... Uh RPG, but oh, um, the the more triple X, the better in this motherfucker. <laughs> I will. I took a. I didn't know him in the teams. I didn't meet him until CIA. And uh, my ex was a. We tried to track each other down for a long fucking time before I ever met him. Yeah. And uh, his 
aunt, I believe, was teaching right across from my ex at school. And uh, when we, you know, there's not very many seals that live in St. Louis. And when we finally did track each other down years later, like years after I broke up with my ex, it was we shared a hotel room, (laughs) (laughs) getting ready to leave for a trip with CIA. And uh, And you'll never be the same. No, I will not be. What uh, what's the Reader's Digest on that fucking night? Uh, well, maybe got to think about that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe later. Is that that fucking ridiculous, huh? It was. <laughs> you got to you got to give us something. Well, this is the only one that comes to mind, and we'll have to probably edit this out. But no, no editing. We had. Uh, I don't want to say it, dude. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll try to drag that out of him later. We uh, we did put some Bailey's in his coffee, so we'll see if we can't get him to loosen up. Hot sauce or spicy mustard? That should be easy, right? Hot sauce. What type of hot sauce? Cholula. Cholula. That's your favorite, huh? It is That's the go-to. Well, let me change that. Sriracha. Sriracha. Really? Yeah. Oh, God, I hate that shit. How could you hate? Sriracha? I mean, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of hot sauce, other than. Uh, you know, actually, I've got a. There's a buddy of mine that I went to high school with. We were on the swim team together, uh, and you can fill in the blanks on that one. But uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a free plug, Chris. You're welcome. Common descent, maybe it's decent. I don't even fucking know how you, how you pronounce it. But uh, common decent or descent uh, condiments up. And he lives in Kansas City. Uh, he makes like these little, like almost like a micro brew, small batch hot sauces and shit. I got a bunch of them in the in the fridge. I'll let you have some, but. They're fucking, they're amazing. And they're, they're weird. Like they have weird names and they have crazy combinations and shit, but they're, uh, if you like hot sauce and and weird, uh, you know, kind of boutique fucking small batch, anything, uh, check, check common descent out, but, uh, we'll, we'll have some of that. I'm surprised you like sriracha. Like to me, it's just kind of a generic fucking hot sauce, but it's the hottest I can find. That's, you know, you like it super hot. I do. Yeah. No, I'll get you hooked up. He's got some shit that'll make your fucking asshole burn. (laughs) Uh, what's your least favorite cereal? My least favorite cereal would be cornflakes. Cornflakes. What about grape nuts? Grape nuts. That are, sucks too. Yeah, grape nuts are fucking terrible. Cornflakes are pretty pretty boring. Uh, what's your best hazing story? Best hazing story. You know, I didn't get hazed that much. I just got the shit knocked out of me. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, for good reason or welcome to the club? Well, uh, so when I jumped into my platoon, they, they, uh, the, the guys that were, the older guys had gotten hazed like really fucking bad. And um, they decided they didn't want to haze us, and at least right away. And so what they did was they kind of waited until I got a little cocky. <laughs> yeah. Which and didn't then, take long. No, which, well, no. It was, we were in Panama, and, uh, yep, I got cocky and um, got the shit knocked out of me uh, in the Chagres River by Chad Wilkinson. No shit. Yeah. Was it uh, just like a full-on ass beating, or did they do any, like, humiliation hazing type shit? Uh, they just, you know, kind of drowned me. <laughs> so, <laughs> a couple of blows to the head and then yeah. drowned me. God damn. Yeah. Is, it, is that a shit river? Like, is it... Uh is it filthy? 
No, nah, it's not too bad, but it's full of, uh, supposedly it's full of crocodiles and oh, it's a shit. feeding ground for hammerhead sharks and fucking anacondas. And Jesus Christ. We didn't find out until that night from the, the <laughs> Panamanian guys, but yeah. And then, and then it became, once the first one was out, then it became just a regular occurrence. Yeah. God damn. And so, I mean, about how many times would you say you got, uh, fucking leveled, uh, as a new guy? I got it probably about three or four times in a month, and then I smartened the fuck up. Three or four times in one month. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, it was... Uh, I shoved my fucking yeah. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know, here's, here's an interesting thing about that is that, uh, you know, in our society, especially now, I, I had a, a short uh, rant about Super Bowl commercials and how fucking lame they were this year, but uh, as, as a byproduct of how soft our society has become but i think that that's one of the things is that you know i I have two kids and when i and they're as they get older like i see a lot of these other other kids that they go to school with or just kids around town or whatever and how much fucking attitude they have you know because there's there's not a healthy respect or fear for any consequence whatsoever you know it's it's kind of like whether it's dogs kids you know fucking loudmouth cocky new guys in a fucking seal platoon is like if you know that there's no repercussions it's really easy to have a big set of nuts and talk shit and, and run your fucking mouth. But when you know that, that your mouth will be held accountable, that tends to fucking change your tune pretty dramatically. And, and I think that's one of the biggest things in our society that's lacking now is, is that ability to fucking hold people accountable for their mouth. And, and for you, uh, we'll call you cornflakes, not even snowflakes, since we just mentioned it. Since you fucking cornflakes out there that get your panties in a bunch about you know, child abuse and all this other shit. No, uh, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about beating people unconscious necessarily. What I'm talking about is, is, is that consequence, uh, or that physical response, uh, you know, to somebody being, uh, way, way out of bounds in terms of running their mouth or not keeping their fucking ego in check or, or what have you. And I think if I had to pinpoint one, one element of our society, that's, severely lacking uh it's it's that i think that 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 the the byproducts of that that single point of failure right there have have been detrimental to our society what uh what were your thoughts on that i would agree with you 110 percent. i i can't i can barely fucking stand it because there there are no consequences anymore today you know for what people say or or what they do and if they do, you know, if you give them some consequences, then... Then you go to jail. Yep, There's exactly. consequences for giving consequences. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. No, I know it. It's fucking... It's a travesty, I think. Uh, I mean, we could spend the whole fucking time bitching about that. I, I bring it up pretty regularly, so I'll spare the the listener any more soapbox action. But uh, speaking of, of along the same lines, my next question uh, that I'm, I'm real curious about is, what is the dumbest shooting question you've ever gotten from somebody that made you just think holy fuck you shouldn't have a have a weapon oh my god <laughs> how, a, how much time do we have yeah or, or um, give us a couple of good ones god damn there's a lot of them but um you know they're not always i they're not always stupid but i i think um because people are just you know people don't research things before they come out yeah and um so it's, I think, I don't know what the stupidest is, uh, because 
because I've had so many. But <laughs> what really pisses me off is when when people do zero research before they show up, and and you train them, and they keep making the same fucking mistakes yeah. over and over. And it gets to the point where I, I sometimes I think people do it just to get attention. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, but but uh, but um, how do you do this? And it's like, dude, come, like we've gone over this fucking twenty times and yeah. five courses. Like, yeah. At this point, are, are we? Are you fucking serious yeah. right now? You the, know, and I don't ever act like that. But at this point, you think you're on a fucking hidden camera show. <laughs> yeah, waiting for Ashton to jump out of the fucking bush, telling you you're punked. Is is there a like a, a specific question though? That's like, I mean, because like some of the fucking, I mean, I've had other other shooting guys on here before, and and just kind of shooting the shit with them. Like some of the stuff that they've said, I'm just like, holy fuck! Like like people, whether it's loading magazines backwards or fuck, I mean, shit like that. Like that shit happens all the time. But you know, like to be honest, I'm I'm just I run a really 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 fucking lax course now i'm like a stickler on safety but i mean i kind of consider my my specialty is beginners and yeah i get people they come out and they are putting bullets in the magazine the wrong way yeah and they're then they're putting the magazine in the wrong way and uh you know i don't necessarily i mean i wish they would do a little research before they show up but you know sometimes it's like a 65 year old woman who who's never is who's never shot and and um she realizes that today's different than it was 25 fucking years ago yeah. and uh she needs to protect herself and i i can definitely respect yeah. that yeah you know to me i mean i guess i have a hard time busting old people's balls like unless they're just assholes you know yeah but, uh, i guess you know for me I, I have this like almost mental image in my mind of like some 23 year old cocky fuck showing up and asking just stupid fucking questions <laughs> or are you super selective about i'm very selective now um, I wasn't when I, at first, you yeah. know, because when I was first getting going, but now it's, now it's honestly, it's to the point where it's almost exclusively, uh, private lessons. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, w- I did, once I kind of started getting that crowd where people would show up just to, just to like get a fucking picture with me or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. or, or heckle me a little bit. Yeah. That's when an, I made it more exclusive, and I was yeah. like, "Okay, I'm done." Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like the freelance gynecologist routine, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll take you. You come on. Yeah, you. Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you packing. <laughs> no, that's fucking great shit. Um, all right, so this is my uh, my gold gold standard question. I ask everybody, "What does your morning routine look like?" And that's you know what time you get up, whether you work out or not. If you do eat, what what do you eat? Like that first you know three, four, five hours of your day. What does that look like most days? Well, uh, do you want the the at home? The you want the uh, what I'm supposed to be doing, or what actually no. happens? No. See, here's the deal with mic drop: is it's uh, it's raw and honest. So, fuck what you're supposed to be doing. I want to know what Sean Ryan actually does to, <laughs> to right. piss excellence first thing in the morning. Well, I have a routine. I have alarm set, and the routine is supposed to be: I'm getting up at 5 a.m., which yeah. I do get up. And then I got 30 minutes to spend on myself talking with um, my fiance, and then I do emails, and then I go to the gym, and um, I try to do everything within in 30 minute increments to an hour. Yeah. What actually happens is <laughs> I get up at five ten, Ish. I go and I spend uh, 
about an hour with my fiance, drinking coffee and watching the morning news. And then I go to the gym and then I go stare at my fucking computer and I don't answer any emails <laughs> for about three hours because yeah. my ADD's kicking in. So it sounds like office space. Yeah. <laughs> and can... then the end of the day starts approaching and then I realize, holy fuck, it's three o'clock in the afternoon and that's when all the work gets done because I start cranking because yeah. I yeah. work good under stress. Yeah. The, uh, I am curious. So you, the, the, the thing that kind of piqued my interest was that the very first thing you do is, is talk to your fiance. I'm curious what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like when you still have dirt in your eyes from sleeping and like, what, what does that look like? You, you guys just shoot the shit or you hang out? Uh, we do both. We just sit there, drink coffee. So she gets up with you at that thing. Yeah. We both get up at five. Do you guys work out together? Yeah. Yeah. How, do. how does that go? It goes out? good. We don't like, she does her thing. I do yeah. my thing. And, uh, you're not over there being fucking captain Globo Jim fucking personal trainer. <laughs> Honey. Fucking, you're, you're not breaking 90. Get that ass down. Yeah. You're not doing any of that shit. <laughs> no, she does it to me. But, um, yeah. but yeah, usually we're talking about, you know, whatever the fuck is going on in the news and yeah. what we're going to do today. And, and that's kind of our time yeah. before yeah. the chaos comes. Do, do you, so you don't eat anything? I eat after I work out. What, is that, uh, what does that look like? Four eggs over easy with hot sauce and uh, Cholula avocado. Cholula sriracha? Yeah. Yeah. Cholula. Uh, just four eggs. That's it, huh? And some avocado. Yeah. No oh, shit. That's a, that's an interesting, uh, mix. Are you, are you kind of on the keto fucking bandwagon at all or sort of? Whatever. Yeah, I guess kind of, but. Are you more of a low carb guy? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I mean, to me it makes, it makes pretty good sense. Until I go to the fucking candy aisle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I go to the movies then I get yeah. 4,000 grams of fucking sugar in the setting. What, uh. Where are you originally from? I am originally from, I was born in Kansas City, and then I was, uh, uh, my parents moved around a lot, so I I moved all over Missouri, all over Illinois, Iowa, lived in Germany for a little bit, and then um, the longest I ever lived anywhere was, uh, what, seventh grade to senior year, so what's that, six years, and that was in a small town in Missouri, Chillicothe, Missouri. No shit. Yeah. I've, uh, that's not too far from Kansas City, is it? Or is it south? It's about two hours, I think. It's south, right? It's north. No shit. I, for some reason, because I, I, I drive through Kansas City. I'm, I'm from Iowa originally. Where, what part of Iowa did you live in? Uh, Des Moines. My brother oh, was born in Des Moines. And then, you know, honestly, I can't even remember the fucking name of the town. Yeah. It was, uh, I, I don't know. It was yeah. a little bitty ass. Yeah. Iwegian town. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know that's fuck. That's how most of them are. But uh, what was the reason for all the bouncing around? Were you a military brat or what? Uh, my dad did. He did a. He commissioned when I was what in fourth grade, I think, and we went to Germany as a pharmacist. But he had a job where he would uh, travel around and kind of unfuck pharmacies. Yeah. Um, so he would get hired, go unfuck this pharmacy, clean it up, get it going, and then move on to the next hospital, unfuck that. And so it just bounced around It's everywhere. like a pharmaceutical efficiency expert, huh? Yeah. No oh, shit. What, yeah. like, how does a pharmacy get fucked up? Well, they are dealing with drugs. Yeah. <laughs> so. Everybody's high as fuck on yeah. Percocet. No shit. That's a fucking, and that was, that was in the, as a, as an army officer. Well, only, only what, four years of that yeah. was as an Army officer, oh, and uh, the rest was all as a civilian. 
God, so that's, I, didn't, I didn't even know that that fucking exists. Is that what he still does? No, nah, now he's now he actually runs an ice cream shop. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fucking that's quite the shift. What uh, what was that experience like growing up, fucking bouncing around? I mean, because I I had the exact opposite. I grew up in Iowa. I literally lived in the same house my entire fucking life, like same bedroom, same house, same school system, the whole from the time I fucking can remember until I joined the Navy at seventeen. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean, it was fine. I didn't fucking know anything different. So. Yeah. That's just how it was. I mean, it was cool. I got to see all of Europe, yeah. you know, pretty much everything there is to see by the time I was in seventh grade over there. And um, What what uh, time span, years-wise, was that when you were there? I think it was four years. Like, I mean, late oh, 80s, was, 90s? Oh, it would have been early 90s. Early 90s. Fuck, that's awesome. What uh, any, Anything in particular that stands out as being... Uh, not necessarily life changing, but you know, impactful in terms of seeing shit in Europe at that age. Yeah, uh, um, a lot of the like the Holocaust stuff and yeah. some of the World War II stuff and and uh, some funny shit too. I remember. Yeah, <laughs> we went to London, and I think I was in. Uh, ah, fuck, I don't know, man. Maybe fifth grade, and. Uh, we got lost in the red light district. <laughs> Fucking eight. With, yeah. That's a high five to dad. You didn't get lost. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, what the hell are all these ladies running around in these leather straps for? I, I like this. I like this place. Yeah, like, <laughs> son, you just, you just My, keep your eyes open. Yeah. That's um, fucking great. But, yeah. Do you think that there's an element of uh, seeing the Holocaust stuff and some of the World War II um, memorials? And, and same thing, like, you know, the first time I was over there, I was I was blown away and really really impressed with how how big of a deal it still is over there and how how respectful they are about about the you know america in that context uh do you think that there was any type of influence in terms of driving you to want to serve based on some of the experiences you had there no i don't really actually um just being honest but you know i was i was fucking young but I, i do remember uh going to those places especially like i remember going to the the Eagle's Nest, which is actually yeah. Hitler's hideout. And I was just like, holy shit, like it's a badass There's fort. a lot of shit that fucking happened. Yeah. You know, and and, and uh even even at that young, I was like, oh man, like this is like real fucking history yeah. here. And then but I wouldn't say it drove me to join the military. Yeah. You know even like subconsciously you don't think it had an impact. To me it would almost be hard that it didn't have some impact, uh, which we'll get into the the motivation to serve here in a minute. But um, in terms of siblings and and shit that you did growing up, I know, or I guess I'm curious. Like I, I would imagine that it would be hard to have any level of consistency in terms of you know playing on sports teams or or what I think most Americans uh, or Western listeners, for that matter, would consider kind of a normal childhood as it relates to that. Was what was that like? With sports, yeah, just you know, with bouncing around and you know, friends and sports. Like, did you did you have many many friends? Did you did you play any sports? I mean, yeah, I did. I I started off playing baseball. I fucking sucked, and um, <laughs> tried basketball, and I fucking sucked. And um, but you know, I was always trying new teams, and I mean, that's it. You know, the good thing is it's a fucking great way to meet yeah friends. Yeah. You know, so. I was in soccer. I was always really involved in soccer. And did you suck at that too? I was actually pretty good at soccer. (laughs) And uh, until I went to Germany and I was playing with the Germans, and then I wasn't so good. But um, 
And then when I got, I mean, I just really wasn't, I'm not going to say I wasn't athletic. I just fucking sucked at those sports. And then I started wrestling when I moved back to the States from Germany. Yeah. And uh, that's, I tried football. I was like 95 pounds yeah. when I tried that. So, yeah. you know, that didn't go too good. But wrestling, I did stick with that. And, and yeah. uh, So did you uh, refresh my memory from seventh to senior year? That was in Missouri? Yeah. And so you wrestled the whole time? I wrestled the whole time. No shit. Yeah. What, because uh, I mean, with being from Iowa, it's fucking huge there. What, uh, were you always pretty, pretty uh, light in the weight categories? Were you down 9,500? I think I started at, I think my first was like 85 pounds. Yeah. In seventh grade. Yeah. And then uh, I don't even remember where I went to from that, but uh, in eighth, into eighth grade and then High school was 112, 119, I think 125, and then 145 maybe. Yeah. But, um, yeah. How, uh, how, how successful of a wrestler were you? Not that successful. Varsity or? Yeah, I was varsity all four years. But, um, you know, it was a small school, and uh, I did have a fucking tough weight bracket. I wrestled a world champion. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Who and, was that? Uh, TJ Hill. No shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh how'd and then, that go? <laughs> you took took a shot at the title, did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, right. I got tech falled in the first fucking period. But yeah. um That's better than being stuck, right? Yeah. Well, sort of. I, I kinda. Yeah. I mean That's, it, well, it's actually, great. no, I'm gonna disagree with you because they're just fucking toying with your ass. Yeah. It's like a cat with a mouse at that yeah. point. Let you up, take you down, let you up, take you down. That's the good shit. That sounds like a bedroom routine, but we'll get into that later. Um, did you have any siblings growing up? Mm-hmm. I got a little brother and a little sister. Uh, what uh, what type of relationship did you have with them growing up? I was pretty tight. Yeah. Still am. Still are, yeah. But, uh, yeah. What uh, What's their story? What do they do? My brother owns the ice cream shop with my dad, and then my sister is a uh, like a real high-end hairstylist. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Where, where do they live? Sarasota and Cape Coral, Florida. Oh, okay. So they moved from uh, from Missouri down there, what, after you joined the Navy? Or? Actually, after I went, I moved to Florida. Oh, after no. after uh, a couple trips into the CIA, I, I moved oh, okay. to Florida. Yeah. What uh, what was the, the transition like from uh, while you were in high school wrestling getting ready like what what was that process like for you in terms of wanting to join the navy was there a an external motivator you know something within the family what uh, what drove you to to do it and, and what was that high school experience as you're getting ready to go in what did that look like you know i didn't i was kind of a turd growing up but uh <laughs> i still am <laughs> but um you know i didn't really know i was always when we moved to germany that's when Desert Storm was happening. And with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I remember getting all the books and the fucking playing cards and all that shit. And uh, just, I was a G.I. Joe fanatic. Yeah. And, uh, you know running around out in the woods and fucking carving spears and all that kind of shit. And I was always really into, like, the commando shit or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And then uh, and then when I moved back to Missouri, I started drinking early, yeah. about seventh grade. <laughs> and I kind of lost interest. You fucking interest. drinking in seventh grade? Yeah, man. Oh, shit. Yeah. What, what, the fuck, what were you drinking? Like, beer or hard Whatever shit? the hell I could get my hands really? on. Yeah. Well, your dad was a pharmacist, right? Yeah. Anything else in, in the... Uh, no, it was just booze. Yeah. And um fucking seventh grade. Yeah, yeah. And um so anyways, I lost interest in everything. pretty much everything except <laughs> booze and chicks. And um fucking old soul. You're like a like a fucking forty year old sailor in seventh grade. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but um I didn't know, you know, my grades fucking sucked and I was not like the superstar athlete. I didn't play football. You know, I only wrestled. And um, I just didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. And then, you know, me and my dad would go at it and go at it and go at it. And um, it came, it came, uh, big argument happened. And, you know, it's like, I'm not paying for your fucking college and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I don't really give a shit because I'm not going to fucking college. I'm joining the SEAL teams. And yeah. uh, he was, like, really taken back by that. And uh, I always kind of felt like I didn't really measure up, you know. Was there an element of, of a pleasant surprise on his end that you said you were Oh, doing? yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, it was, like, ready to, you know, go at it. Game changer, huh? Yep. And then, like, immediately just, you're going to, you wait, what? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. What, so... How was that? Uh, was there, I guess, putting myself in your shoes, was there kind of a, a if the the not measuring up element is there and, and his response is super positive, did that motivate you to make it through to be like, I'll fucking show you, you know, type of thing? Or? Oh, yeah. yeah. There was definitely fucking a lot chip of that. on your shoulder. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was almost identical to that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just, I ran with a, a really athletic crowd and and uh, those guys were always in the paper for fucking scoring a touchdown or uh winning a state championship in wrestling or whatever the fuck it is and you know i just didn't have it yeah and um so i never really measured up in the coach's eye because you know how football is in high school yeah. it's like yeah i mean i could fucking give two shits about it yeah. but you know that fucks with you and yeah. then my brother uh was like a superstar baseball player and I wasn't. And, uh, so that's the path I chose. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, and my grades sucked. And I was, yeah. I was like, I'm going to fucking show all Sound you. Sound like SEAL team material, drinking yep. in seventh grade, yep. shitty grades, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> bad attitude. 
you're, you're, you got upper level management written all over you. Mm-hmm. Uh, promote that fucking guy. What, uh, what was, did you join right out of high school? I did. Yeah. What, uh, what was the, the process like from, you know, let's say when you graduated until went to boot camp and can you walk us through that, uh, that process? I mean, it was quick, you know, I, I, I think we graduated end of May and I was out the, I was in boot camp on like, I think the 3rd of July. Oh no shit. So yeah, I had like, you know, a little bit over a month before I went and, um, it was, I mean, I was scared shitless, you know, um, the process was, I didn't actually know that I was going to be a SEAL. I just knew I was going to join the military and I, I had done a lot of research before me and my dad had our little, you know, but, uh, I had tried to join the Marines and, uh, I wanted to be force recon and they're like, get the fucking, are you kidding me? Get out of here. (laughs) You know, you're like a buck 40. And, um, they said, you're too smart. You're going to have to go talk to the Navy. Yeah. And then I went to the army and I wanted to be, I was wanted to be a ranger. I wanted to, uh, be a green beret. And they told me to fucking (laughs) pound pound sand sand and, (laughs) and, uh, uh, the sad. Air Force, I never did look at, but yeah. the Navy recruiter, like, it was all in the same hallway, and he, like, yeah. kind of stuck his head out the door. He's like, <laughs> I got something for you you might want to check out over here. Yeah. And uh, so I went over, and I was like, wait a minute, you're telling me that I don't have to go do all this other fucking bullshit before I get in there? And he was like, no. You can go right to SEAL training. You can go right in there. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'll be damned. Fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> and... uh the rest is history. Fucking so. recruiters. Did that? Did they get you an actual fucking seal contract to go straight in? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have. Yeah. I wouldn't have signed up. If well, I, I mean, I know they tell a lot of fucking people that, and you know, those people end up chipping paint for four fucking years. Yeah, no. Know, but the, he legit hooked you up, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, they had like that. Uh, they had, it was like a thing when I joined. They had the, program. the seal challenge program or some shit, and I wouldn't sign anything until. Uh, until I saw it in writing, and um, I had some issues with my eyes, and I just fucking lied yeah. pretty much, and uh, got in. <laughs> so one thing that I, I keep coming back to uh, mentally: Did your dad know you were drinking at seven, in seventh fucking grade? Like, did your parents have any idea? Uh, yeah. No shit. Like they, they didn't cut. like it, and they tried to stop me. But uh, so they'd bust you fucking drinking in seventh grade. They would bust me. They would ground me. They would, you know, do whatever they had to do, and then uh, I would just fucking walk right back out the back door and go do it again. I just just didn't give a was fuck. Was literally man. unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking hilarious, man. That's some shit I've never even. I mean, I'm surprised. As, as many team guys as I know, I don't know anybody that was drinking like that in seventh fucking grade. That's hilarious. Um, and don't get your panties in a twist. I know some of you are out there like that's not funny. Shut up. Um, <laughs> Anyway, um, I know the comments are going to come in, so I'm just going to preemptively stomp them out. I don't want to hear it. Uh, all right, so the Navy career. You go, you, you uh, join the Navy, uh, go through boot camp, you go straight to BUDS. What BUDS class were you? I started in 240, and then uh, I rolled into 241. Okay. What, uh, what, what happened with that? Booze. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Do you drink now? I don't. I have. I do drink, but uh, not much. Yeah. I have a, like a glass of wine at the end of the night to wind down, and that's yeah. it. I don't. I'm surprised you. Like, at what stage in training did you get? Was it post Hell Week? 
Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, before that, they had a shit canned you. I mean, I'm surprised. Oh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't actually for drinking specifically, but, um, you know, we got through we got through hell week and I mean, you know how everybody is and think you're unstoppable after that. And like, Oh, I'm going to fucking coast through now. And, um, believe it or not, I failed the first phase exam. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, me and two other guys went out, you know, I mean, SDSU's right around the corner, went out partying, chasing chicks. And, and you were uh, fucking 19, 18, 19. Yeah. 18 or 19. And, um, I didn't study and I fucking failed it and got rolled. Oh shit! Yep. I don't think I've met anybody that failed the first phase test until now. Well, congratulations! <laughs> Today is your day. Fucking lucky day. <laughs> God, that is fucking priceless shit. So you get performance rolled in the two forty one. Yeah. Uh, I feel like is there who else was in two forty one that uh, of note? I mean, I know everybody is, but was isn't there somebody that's uh, kind of prominent that's from two forty one? Leif Babin was in okay. 241. Cowie Mayerl, I don't know if you know him. Yeah. He was a really good friend of mine. Still is, even though we lost touch a lot. But yeah. uh, he was in that class. Fuck, who else? Seth Stone, who passed yeah. not too long ago, was in that class. Yeah, A lot of good fucking guys in that yeah. class. Do you remember what the the number of graduates that were in that? I believe it was like 30-something. Yeah. It's a pretty pretty standard size class. Anything uh, anything in buds, funny stories or uh, shit shows or anything. I mean, we all have a million of them, but anything that kind of pops out in your mind as as being worth mentioning for all the people that uh, that follow you and, and are listening. Oh man, there's a. I mean, there's a lot of them. I will say, I've never told this story. Uh, it's an ex- a mic drop exclusive. You hear heard yeah. it here first. But uh, it's not it's not like that great, but. I remember in Hell Week, like I just wasn't hallucinating, and I kept waiting for it to happen. You know, I'm like, what so the I start fuck? drinking. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, I remember I, I was never, I, I didn't hallucinate until like it must have been like the second to last day or some shit, and um, I kept waiting for it, waiting for it, and I just would, I kept fucking starting these conversations with people that weren't happening <laughs> and the guys would get so fucking goddamn pissed off at me yeah. because we'd be in that stupid fucking boat you know paddling around and i'd be talking about i'd be like hey uh hey uh did you did you wind up buying those shoes yesterday because if you didn't buy them i'm gonna fucking go get them like i really <laughs> like those fucking shoes and they'd be like what in the fuck are you talking about and um and then it'd be you know something completely different but yeah. uh so that the uh, did you have any of the fucking like the the trademark textbook actual no shit halluc- hallucinations? I remember uh, what do they call that when you is it around the world? Yeah, the we were in the bay, which you know is like fucking glass, and um, I thought there was a tidal wave coming, and we were I was Smurf crew, you yeah. know, which we we're almost always last. Well, we're fucking in first place at the time. Yeah. For those of you listening on the Smurf crew, uh, politically correct enough is uh, all the fucking short guys, the shortest <laughs> handful of guys in, in buds. Because uh, the just for a little a little backdrop, uh, with the boat crews, you got these inflatable boats. The IBS is inflatable boat small is what that stands for. It's rubber boats that we run around and carry on our heads. And so boat crews in, in buds, specifically in first phase, are broken down. You're broken down by height. 
so you know if you got a guy that's six four and a dude that's five six with a boat on their head obviously you can you can do the fucking mental math on that like it's it's not going to pan out so well so they break everybody down into height so the shortest seven or eight guys in the entire fucking class is what's called the smurf crew but uh, everybody loves that shit go ahead yeah we were yeah so you know we're paddling and we're like fucking you know stroke and and uh we're leading and um i was like up front and i just remember looking over and i saw this huge fucking tidal wave coming at me so i just like dropped my paddle stood up and fucking jumped off the (laughs) (laughs) jumped off the goddamn boat i'm like this is gonna tip over i'm out (laughs) fucking jumped off the boat and uh you know, as soon as you hit that fucking cold water, it's yeah. like you're you're right back. Like, oh shit, what yeah. the fuck am I doing in here? How did I wind up in the water? And uh, they you, wanted to leave my ass because yeah. they were in first place. Yeah. Did you did you try to warn anybody, or did you just want? I just said, "Fuck it, I'm out of here." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I'm not gonna let it. Fuck you guys, yeah, I'm out of here. They were so fucking pissed <laughs> off. But uh, yeah, oh, that and then and then uh, I remember also I. I don't remember where we were at, but you know how many times like the dolphins or the yeah, mermaids, you know, fucking the seals are like swimming right next to the boats and shit. Yeah, and I remember there was like a school of dolphin swimming right next to us, and of course, you know, I thought it was fucking sharks. Yeah. So again, I'm up front and grab my paddle and stop stroking and i start trying to fucking smack these damn dolphins because i think they're sharks and then the next guy stands up and he's trying to yeah so it's like the wave (laughs) the uh one of the things i I remember uh around the world and again for those of you listening i think it's is it wednesday night or thursday night thursday night Uh, it's towards the end of hell week so you know you've been up for four or five days at this point and you go you paddle out on the ocean side of San Diego, you go out past the surf zone and then you paddle all the way around uh, North Island or, or the island of Coronado. So it takes you all goddamn night. Um, so you start out in the ocean, you go all the way up by Point Loma in through the mouth of the of the San Diego Bay and then down, way the fuck down south into it. And that's typically where, where a lot of people hallucinate because it's it's so far into Hell Week A and B, you're, you're doing this monotonous fucking just droning on stroke stroke you know over and over and and that's that's really the only time in hell week where there's an extended period of time where instructors aren't in your ass yeah you know and so all of those things combined it's like a a petri dish for fucking hallucinations and uh i remember i I jumped out of our fucking boat but it was because (laughs) i thought uh i I mean i i was convinced that a fucking semi was just barreling straight straight for us you know like (laughs) i I mean i don't know what the fuck like it may it may not even been anything like it may not have you know it could have been stars for all i fucking know or maybe the skyline i mean i have no idea what what triggered that in my mind but same thing like i i I was imagining this fucking semi just heading straight for us and i dove right out of the fucking boat and that was in the ocean too but uh and I had some other weird squirrely, like I thought there was fucking mermaids and people swimming and, and weird shit, but, uh, yeah. That could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking mermaids. <laughs> Smoke them if you got them. Uh, all right. So you finished with 241, no other problems going through, going through buds at all in terms of performance or injuries? No. Or um, did you have a wish list? Did you pick East coast teams? I did. I did. I picked, uh, I just wanted to go to team four. And uh, that's because I had seen some specials on the on the uh, the counter drug shit going on down in South America, and uh, one thing that also drove me 
uh, I really was just like infatuated with Vietnam guys. Yeah. In the in the movies and in the in the real guys and like the whole jungle warfare thing just really basically I wanted to fucking go to Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> like that would have been my dream war. Yeah. And uh so I figured Colombia, you know, South America, Bolivia, like the counter drug shit would have been the next best thing. And uh, so they stuck me a teammate. <laughs> Strike platoon. Yeah. Did, uh, what, when did 9-11, where, where was 9-11 during your, your career? What? Right after boot camp. I had gotten a, uh, a hernia uh, right at the beginning of boot camp. I hit it all the way through. I had this big fucking knot that would like, I mean. Oh, shit. Yeah, have you ever had one? I haven't. It, it, it's like this huge fucking balloon that just like pops out. But it's it comes and goes, right? Yeah, and I would just like push it back in. Jesus. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was like probably half the size of my fist. Did and you I have was to get like, surgery for it. Yep. Yeah. I, but I wouldn't tell anybody because I was so fucking scared that they were going to drop me from the buds program. Yeah. The seal contract, and so, but at the end, it got so fucking big, and um, you know, I didn't want anybody to think I was a fucking pussy either. So at the very end, like right. Before we graduated boot camp, I called the uh, whatever uh, instructor over, and uh, I was like, "Hey, uh, I got this fucking thing going on, like you know." And uh, where was it popping out at? Like right, you know, like right by the shaft. Like not. (laughs) (laughs) Can we see that? Not in the sack, but uh, but uh, right, yeah. So it's like, and he's looked at. He's like, "Holy fuck, man!" And I was like, "Well, like, don't fucking." Do you think I need surgery? <laughs> and he's like, you need like, surgery. I'm like, not a fucking doctor, today. but yeah, you're fucked up. And um, I was like, well, I'm not doing it. And if I'm gonna get kicked out of the buds program, and he's like, you're not gonna get kicked out of the fucking buds program, dude. Like, go get your shit fixed. So, anyways, I went uh, like immediately into surgery right after graduation, and uh, I came out, and uh, I don't remember how many days I was out because I was all drugged up, you know, but I was supposed to fly home that day on sick leave or whatever the fuck yep. they call it. And uh, the taxi guy, the ta- I was taking a taxi to Chicago O'Hara and uh, he, I, I was all pissed off. I was like, where the fuck are you? I'm going to miss my fucking flight. And he's like, dude, I don't think you're going anywhere. You need to fucking flip the news on. And I did. And uh, right when I flipped it on, the second plane hit. Wow. And I mean, you know, like, I was like, holy shit. I mean, just like everybody. But at the same time, I mean, I was fucking 18 years old, man, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, still too young to really, I think, realize the magnitude of what the f- was in store for me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but it didn't change my course at all. Was there a, an element of seriousness i know you just mentioned that like it was beyond the pale of what you could really wrap your mind around but did it make it more real for you at all Uh, it did but i it took a little bit it took a little while for it to sink in yeah you know i mean i was all doped up on painkillers and yeah and uh but i knew i think what caught me more than that was actually seeing 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The people I loved around me. Upset. I think they knew what was in store for me yeah. before I did. Sure. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, I mean, especially as you know, parents. I know like for me, I was... I had I had been back. Uh, I was in between platoons. I was at Team Three and and uh, was waiting on the next platoon to to form up to jump in when it happened. So, like I was I was driving to fucking to work at SEAL Team Three. You know, on the West Coast, we were behind a couple hours. So I was literally like in traffic. Holy shit! You know, <laughs> yeah, and in a fucking waiting to platoon up again. And so, and my first deployment, like SEAL Team Three, at that time that was before Force Twenty One. So. Uh, SEAL Team 3 was the fucking desert. It was the CENTCOM. You know, that's the Central Command, the, the Middle East team, basically. Is, is Back then, the teams were broken up into uh, different regions, uh, areas of operations in terms of expertise, uh, operational expertise. Each team kind of had different parts of the world that they were responsible for, and SEAL Team 3 was the Middle East fucking team. So it was a, it was a pretty big fucking, you know, yeah. holy fuck, like... Um, but you know, and I think similarly, I mean, it, for me at that time, fuck, I was 20, 21, 22. Um, and, uh, I, I think it, it hit my parents and family harder than it did me. I mean, for me, like we had already, you know, the coal had been bombed and we responded to that. So, um, you know, it, it wasn't like there, there was some Disney world element lost on me or anything like that to where it was like, what the fuck? This is actually, you know, it wasn't, wasn't that, I mean, I already been overseas. I'd already seen carnage and, and what, uh, what Al Qaeda and, and Islamic extremists were trying to do to us. I mean, we fended them off from, from finishing sinking the fucking coal for Christ's sake. But, but there was definitely an element of like, holy shit, like it just got fucking real, you know, yeah. immediately. It was, it was an interesting position to be in. It was a good position to be in because, I had that that context of pre nine eleven. You know, I came in when Clinton was still president. Um, you know, and, and my first deployment was during his tenure, uh, and, and Bush got elected. You know, while I was in my first first deployment, but uh, first platoon rather. But anyway, uh, I'm always curious to talk to guys. You know, where they are at in their life with nine eleven that are seals. You know, because it's everybody has a different. Uh, yeah. different point in their life and, and how it impacted them. That's uh, that's pretty wild. So I'm assuming you didn't make it home then. Well, actually, I did. My dad uh, came to he came to pick Drove me up, up. and yeah. uh, and we we went home. And I I remember like like I said, it had not hit me yet, and it didn't hit me until I I could you know how you can just tell mm-hmm. you know when when. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. People are kind of looking at you like Yeah. Yeah, they're fucking worried. And their actions like is what then it hit me you know it took a while but then when i saw that i was like everybody else is acting really weird (laughs) you know yeah some some shit's going on yeah yeah so you finish up with that you go to you would see you go to buds um we covered that but then uh once you went to the east coast you went to team eight what was uh what was that experience like when i showed up to team eight that's when um that we did that's exactly you said strike platoon earlier. We were a strike platoon. Yeah. And, um, Can you explain to people what that means? Well, I don't even know what the fuck <laughs> it means because it changed. But Can supposedly we were going to be on a carrier yeah. and anything that happens, I guess you're like yeah. the first to deploy there. Yeah. And, and uh, whatever AO the carrier's in. Well, then was it Force 21? Is that when they all everything went yeah. away as far as like the... Yeah, yeah, there weren't, uh, you know, strike platoons. And just, again, for some historical reference for those listening, you know, again, prior to each team had their their own areas of responsibility. Um, Once this was called Force 21, it's basically a reorganization of the entire community to where now each team deploys as a team and and they rotate teams. Whereas prior, there was always two platoons from every team deployed all the time. Uh, to whatever that area of responsibility they had. And I, I have mixed feelings on it. I, you know, I, I am in a unique position and then I, I did a deployment, you know, prior to it and then, and then after as well. So, uh, you know, seeing the effects of it, I, I think it makes more sense to, to do it the old way, but, uh, because I think that we as a community lost a lot of subject matter experts in different areas of operations. Now, obviously, as it relates to the Middle East, like now everybody is, is pretty much a, a subject matter expert on it. The problem is, is that, you know, there's very, very few guys with really good diving experience, yeah. like extensive diving experience. I mean, everybody does it. But, you know, I remember, you know, when there, there were different elements of the community that were fucking world class divers. There were world class, uh, you know, cold weather fucking guys. There were world class jungle and, and maritime guys. There's so little of that balance, you know, everything's so focused on, you know, desert, urban assaults, fucking, you know, what we've been doing, which, you know, makes sense. But there's there's a pretty significant imbalance in the community, in my opinion, because of uh, because of that. Um, from from my perspective, I think uh, and, and again, just to bring some context to you guys, the the strike platoons. Uh, are what he mentioned. Uh, they got rid of those. They got rid of uh, the ARGs, which is Amphibious Readiness Group. That was the first deployment I did, which is where we were based off of a ship, which SEALs don't really do anymore. Um, you know, they don't do sub-deployments. They don't do lockouts. You know, there's a lot of things that, that aren't aren't taking place anymore, which I think is a travesty. But so, obviously, that, that impacted you guys then, right? So, you, you didn't do the strike platoon. You did... did no, it. It, changed, it changed so fast. We, you know, they implemented that, and then... We were no longer the strike platoon. We were going to Afghanistan, and yeah. uh, when I when that came up, I was like, "Oh man, like we're gonna fucking get it." Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and then the surge happened, you know. And um, 
each team took two platoons early from the one behind them in the rotation. And uh, so we surged over to two from eight. And, um, you know, we were, in, I, I mean, now looking back, I can't blame them, but, you know, we were going to Afghanistan. Then I, sh- then we get switched over to two and they're like, you guys are going to take the UCOM. And it like fucking crushed my soul. Yeah. And that's, I was that's like, European command for those listening. Yeah. At Germany. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it was a fun trip, but I didn't fucking join the teams to have a fun trip. Yeah. You know, and my idea of fun was getting after it. Yeah, yeah. getting it. And um, I was pissed the entire fucking time. Yeah. And, um, you know, I left. I didn't, I knew my first platoon. I was like, this isn't what it's cracked up to be. Yeah. I'm fucking pissed. I didn't go through all that shit to come over here and fucking drink beer and chase ass around. Yeah. And um, I'm not in seventh grade anymore. Yeah. I already did this <laughs> shit in seventh grade. Okay. I'm not 13 anymore. <laughs> but, um, but uh, I was I was fucking real pissed, yeah. and that's when my my attitude started coming out. Yeah. You know, um, we did. I mean, we got to go. We did. We went to Haiti, but it wasn't anything, you know, really. And we did some shit in Panama. Well, we didn't. It was just meh. You know, it was cool because it was like the first real world op of anybody that was in my buds class. But nothing happened. Yeah. And then we went to UCOM, and then when you're in UCOM and you got you know, the uh, the sit reps and shit coming in from the guys that are in Afghanistan, the guys yeah, like, that are in yeah, Iraq, and they're yeah. fucking killing, you know, 100-plus guys on target by calling in casts and everything. And, and I'm just like, I would leave, I would get up and leave the brief. Yeah. I was so fucking pissed. <laughs> Which and, went over well. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's like you got to earn your spot. And that just, a lot of people hated it because I just didn't, I didn't have a bullshit filter, yeah. you know, and I'm like, dude, I don't need to earn a spot to go serve my motherfucking country, yeah. man. Well, you know? I mean, that's what Buds is for, right? Yeah. I mean, and, uh, you know, but that was, there was the pre 9 11 crowd, you yeah. know, and uh, they yeah, had it, never done anything. anything. Yeah. And and, sitting around for 15 years, and so they're like, motherfucker, we're going first. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I didn't fucking care. I came in to kick fucking doors in. Yeah. And um, so that happened. And then uh, we stayed at two. And then I went to Afghanistan, my second pump. And um, I heard Eddie talking. Eddie, I was, Eddie was with us on that one. And it was, I mean, it was all right. We did, you know, some stuff. And I mean, it wasn't anything like crazy, crazy. It was after, right after um, uh, Red Wings. Yeah. So, you know, everything had kind of like, everybody was, you know, yeah. It was the biggest loss uh, up to date to that at that time. And we went home early. They sent the platoon home early. And Was it because of that? It was. I'm not 100% sure what it was because I was just a fucking low-level E5. Yeah. But um, I think there was a pissing match going on between uh, C. Giseldorf and, and uh, our admiral. Yeah. And, um, and uh, so we left. And uh, my platoon went home early, and I just went up to my chief, and I was like, hey, man, like, uh, I'm not going home. <laughs> and, and, uh, Turns out I'm staying here. And he goes, okay. And I was like, I want to, like, I want to go. I want to, like, I want to fucking go. And, uh, you know, to Iraq, or I want to finish the deployment out. This is my last one. I'm not reenlisting. And um, 
he was like, well, we'll sit you in with uh, the guys in Germany. And I said, fuck you. I'm not going to fucking Germany. I was like, if you send me to Germany, I'll just send me home. I'm not fucking going over there. Yeah. I already did that shit. So, so you, at what point did you decide, fuck this, I'm out of here? Was it on that deployment? Was I decided it on my first deployment. No shit. Yep. I was, I'm not shitting you, Mike. I was fucking furious. Yeah. You know, we did the Olympics in, two, in uh, 2004, and we did some sniper overwatch shit for Bush and Turkey, and uh, we did some, like, training with the comp swimmers, but it's a booze cruise, you know? Right. Just, I, I, it's, as fun as boozing with the boys is, that's not why I fucking went in. And that's it was right then. I was like, this is fucking bullshit. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, I'll get you into Iraq. And uh, I was like, fucking hey, man. So I went to Iraq and... Uh, did you, I mean, how, how did that happen? Like, how did you, did they just send you to, uh, to augment another fucking team or platoon or what? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I just jumped in with my sister platoon. Oh, sure. Who uh, had coincidentally just gotten there too. They were sitting on their ass in uh, Bahrain. Yeah. You know, doing the same shit we were doing, <laughs> different country. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they showed up, and I showed up a couple weeks later, and and it was it was good, you know. And then it. How, uh, how long were you in Afghanistan for? I think it was about two or three months. I think. So your platoon went home. Yep. And then you went to Iraq and joined the sister platoon. Yep. And Eddie you- and uh, Eddie Penny and the other guys that had jumped in from his, his task unit to go to Afghanistan went right back to their. Ta- their original task unit and uh i just flew over with them yeah and um they went back to their task unit i jumped in with the sister platoon and uh they were doing uh psd work and uh you know we were kind of like the bastard children of seal team two because yeah. we we're technically seal team eight but at two and i had a lieutenant that was a fucking badass and uh he just got us on ops. Yeah. And uh, how long did you spend in Iraq then? I guess it was probably, I don't know, man, maybe five months or four or five months probably. Yeah. But um, that's when the engagement, you know, we got to fucking go to war. Yeah. And uh, I was like, okay, I could get used to this shit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and um, like I, I remember the first time we killed some guys and it was, it was just, we saved a bunch of guys. Uh, we saved some lives, and it was fucking awesome. And then we started doing more of them and more of them, and uh, I got the taste. But it still wasn't enough. You know, I just, I had this image of, or this, uh, you know, I joined. I was I was young and really fucking hard to please, and I probably could have been going on three ops a night, and it, I would have been pissed off that we were back for breakfast. Like, yeah. I only wanted to operate. I didn't yeah. give a shit about gym time, movies, chicks, booze, anything. I just wanted to fucking operate. Yeah. And um, one a week wasn't enough for me, or two a week, or whatever the fuck we were doing. So, I mean, with, with the resurgence of you're like, you get your, you're getting your taste, you're like, yeah, this is what it's all about. What, so my, my curiosity is, where was your mind at at that point in thinking like, what the fuck are you going to get out and do? That's going to, that's going to scratch that fucking itch then. Like, yeah. 
Um, well, I mean, I guess, or my question is, is was there, did that go through your mind is when you're in Iraq, like you're saying, it still wasn't enough. What, what was your, your mentality? Like, what was that thought process like of saying, okay, yeah, now I'm going to get out and I'm going to do this and it's going to be better. You know, it wasn't exactly get out and do this cause it's going to be better. God's honest truth. I was so fucking scared that I was going to waste another fucking two years doing a piece of shit UCOM that I couldn't, I was like, you know what? I love this right here. Like what I, and I stood in front of, I, I was like, I'm fucking reenlisting and they ginned all the paperwork up and I went in and I was going to do it. And then I told uh, the master chief, I said, you know what? I've wanted to get out for so long because that UCOM was such a disappointment that I feel like I have to get out and at least try it, and then I can always come back. And um, he's... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumboCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumboCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before Sarah discovered ChumboCasino.com, she enjoyed chamomile tea. Come on, big jackpot. And being in PJs by six. Let's go. The new fun Sarah. Woohoo! Often thinks about the old boring Sarah yes. and wonders if that Sarah ever really existed. Chumba Casino has over a hundred casino style games. So join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. We were created by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And believe it or not, he actually respected that. Really? And, uh, which I could, I was scared shitless to say it. Yeah. And, uh, but I was, you know, and that was with, Fuck, we were getting like ninety thousand dollar reenlistment bonus yeah. for four years and tax free over there, and and I I said I have to fucking try. I'm sorry, man. I have got to fucking try it. What and was what it. was the it that you were wanting to try? I just wanted to get out and see if I liked it because I had um, I was big into reading business books, and uh, I read actually Trump's book is the first one I read. I was watching funny CNN and in uh, Guantanamo Bay and he, I saw this fucking I didn't know who the hell he was he was on Larry King Live and came out with this new book and I was at the airport or something and saw the book that in um, in one of the shops and I'm not even a reader you know I'd probably have read 10 books in my day I just don't have the attention span I read that one cover to cover in like 24 hours couldn't yeah. put it down and um, was that the art of the deal or was it different it was uh it was before that. I right? think it was, af- no, it was after that. It was like how to get rich, I think. <laughs> right? Some original shit. Yeah. How to pull ass and get rich. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like an unoriginal bastard. Yeah. But, get rich. I couldn't put it down. And then I started reading more. I read some of, uh, Robert Kiyosaki's shit. Yeah. And it was just really fucking inspiring. Yeah. And I have a really creative mind. And, um, so the wheels started turning in the business world. And I was like, fuck, man, I want to be a fucking, I want to be a business guy. Yeah. And it was like, don't want to keep going to fucking war. Do I want to be a business guy? And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to try being a business guy. And if it sucks and I can't stand it, this stuff will be here. Yeah. This war isn't going anywhere. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, there's obviously a huge shortage of seals. Otherwise, they wouldn't be handing out ninety thousand dollar reenlistment bonuses yeah. to fucking twenty four year old kids. <laughs> you know, at that point, like, so you you're reading these books. Uh, you know, you're inspired to to be an entrepreneur. Did you have um, did you did you have that thought process in mind of of how you wanted to be a business guy? Like, did you know right away that you wanted to incorporate weapon shooting things like that, or, or did you have other ideas? No, I didn't have any idea about uh you know starting what i'm doing now and um i had no plan i just said fuck it i'm out yeah. and uh i had bought a house and that was in what 06 when the housing boom was going on right right before it crashed and um everybody in the teams was buying houses and uh i think i had my i think i had my first house like at 21 and, uh, I mean, guys were just buying shit left and right. And actually, um, Dom Razo had like a fucking real estate empire down there. <laughs> and uh, I was like, fuck it, man. So I just showed up at a, whatever I showed up in a, in a real estate office and I was like, I'd like to buy a house, please. <laughs> I had no idea. Like, are you approved for a loan? I'm like, what the What's fuck that? is a loan? <laughs> and, um, anyways, got it, sold it, made uh, good amount of money on that and then got out at this at the same time like I sold it and got out like I think it was almost the same fucking I mean it was like the same month and so here I am still a young kid already kind of you know been there and done that a little bit and uh with all this money and I'm ready for the next chapter of my life and uh so I got into real estate and uh because I was like oh shit like I just bought this and sold it yeah, it's too and I made easy. a bunch of money. This is fucking easy, and that yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Didn't the happen burst. again. This was in, on the East Coast, Virginia Beach. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, w- with that in mind, then, like, I'm still curious. I guess the if you have that entrepreneur bug, like, what was your what was your mentality or, or your thought process when you're getting out saying? I'm, I'm going to try that. Like, you know, the, what, what was the, that, that, that you wanted? That to try? was real estate. Okay. I wanted to get out and I wanted to, uh, flip homes because yeah. that okay. was, uh, that was huge back then. Yeah. And, um, so that was going to be the thing. And that then, was going to be the thing. I was going to fucking start the, uh, the real estate empire. Yeah. But, uh, so it didn't happen. Um, did did the bubble burst and and that is that what um, kind of I hate to use the word manipulated but almost forced you to to go into the the CIA contracting world or or did you decide to do that before? No, actually, that didn't come until I realized the, the fucking empire isn't happening. Yeah, like the empire is more like a like a fucking squatter's tent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I bought a. I bought one house and dumped a shit ton of money into it, fixing it up, and lost my ass on it yeah. uh, eventually. And um, and I became a real estate agent, and that was fucking horrible. <laughs> but uh, then I joined a fire. I got into a fire academy, and uh, that's right about the time I realized I fucking hated civilians yeah. at that time. I don't anymore, but, you know, yeah. I just, I yeah. mean, I was still shitting food from Afghanistan and or uh, Iraq, and... Um, I tried, it, it was, it was like a year and, um, I tried flipping houses, real estate agent, went to school, 
joined the fire academy and then um i had a friend tell me about the agency yeah so i said fuck it yeah i missed that shit fuck it i'm gonna do it yeah and i did yeah so all right so you basically decide that the cia contracting gig is for you tried the fire academy you hate it hate civilians um what, what was that process like? I know, you know, I, I had a lot of buddies that did that same gig, but I'm curious, like, what was that process like for you going from uh, what you were doing uh, and integrating into that and what, what, what of what you can share? What was that like? The academy or the agency? The agency. Like, well, uh, actually, I didn't actually know what the fuck I was getting into uh, at first because everybody's so hush-hush about it. And so... Basically, what had happened is I had sent my, you know, he just, a friend of mine told me, hey, you need to try this. I was like, fuck you. I'm not working for Blackwater. I've seen those dipshits. And um, he said, no, nah, this isn't Blackwater. You might want to check it out. And This um, is even dumber. Than yeah. He goes, <laughs> by the way, here's what we get paid. And I was like, wait a minute. You mean to tell me I get to go to back to war and I get to get paid this yeah. much? Yeah. And, uh so I was like, fuck it, man. Here's my resume. And, um, you know, I, did, you know, that's the short version. So it did actually what happened is it took forever because it's the fucking government. And um, I, did, I actually started on a Department of State contract, yeah. which was. Was that a static security thing? Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. It was the worst. Like manning a gate yard the, type thing? Yeah. <laughs> yep. I had no idea what the fuck I had signed up for. Yeah. But um, I went over. I did this static security gig for Armor Group. And they pitched it like, hey, you're going to be in charge of this fucking yeah. uh, emergency response team. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, that sounds cool. Well, they didn't tell you it was an emergency. The shitter's being backed up. Yeah. So pretty much. So I just, they, I had to go through this stupid training thing and, um, I showed up and I'm like, what, uh, why am I the only, uh, soft guy uh, over here? (laughs) And, um, but I was like, well, fuck it, man, I'm here. And they're like, no, you're different. You're going to be, yeah, we're putting you in charge. I'm like, all right, well, fuck it, whatever. So. Obviously, you know, I fucking blew that course out of the water, uh, deployed, and uh, found myself at the front fucking gate at the embassy in, in uh, Kabul. And that lasted about two days. Yeah. And I said, fuck you, eat a dick, I'm out of here. <laughs> and they're like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. They're like, I'm like, well, one, uh, the pay is like a, a fourth of what you told me I was going to get paid. And um, these motherfuckers are getting blown up, like, all the time. I'm not standing at a fucking gate. I was, you know, I'm just like, this is fucking ridiculous. And uh, so they put me in the emergency response team, which is standing right behind the fucking gate (laughs) (laughs) in a fucking bear cat. And, and, um, you know, I just, I don't want to sound like a fucking prick, but... I'm not fucking sitting in a fucking barricade, and I sure as fucking not sitting at a gate. So I said, fuck you, eat shit, and uh, jumped on the next thing, smoking back to the States. And um, right when I got back to the States, that's like, coincidentally, right when I got the call, you know, like, hey, we got your package done and we're ready. So I went home, I had like 
I think one week and then I went to try out and yeah. uh, for, for, is there, is there anything about that tryout that you can share? Or is that all fucking disclosure bullshit that you can't talk about? No, I mean, you know, it's the shooting quals are tough, you know, um, I never was that good of a shooter. And I mean, I was, I thought I was a good shooter yeah. until I went to that. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, um, we don't fuck around on anything other than the 25 yard line out here with handguns. Yeah. And, uh, there's a lot of guys that can't hit shit at the 25 yard line. Yeah. And, um, and it's under time and it's, you know, it's from concealed and, and, uh, everyone fails it. Yeah. So including you. Yep. I've, I've failed it before, but, um, and it's, you know, it's, it was really my first time working with everybody from different units. You got seals there, you got, SF there, you got recon there, you got Delta there, you got damn neck there. And it's all these guys. And, uh, you know, with all, uh, the similar backgrounds and I mean, you can imagine the fucking chest pounding that goes on and the egotistical maniacs and, um, dick measuring. Yeah. Constantly. And, Oh, you guys do it fucked up and you do it fucked up. And that, Sifting through that kind of shit is a real pain in the ass. Yeah, but the the, the shooting quals were tough. I yeah. will. I will. What about the physical aspect? Were there um, like like physical fitness tests that were pretty legit too, or was it just shooting? Uh, yeah, there's a there's a physical fitness test, but and uh, believe it or not, guys fail that too. I didn't yeah. think it was that tough. Yeah. Um, I'd never have really thought any of the fitness tests were that tough to get into anything yeah uh to be honest with you but um it that was not it wasn't like buds or anything where there's like a you're gonna do it every day it's show up this is what you're doing and it's pass or fail yeah and uh and that's it uh in terms of mental stress and pressure um was the cadre similar to, to seal seal cadre in terms of mind fucking you a little bit and, and you know, whether it's timelines or just trick fucking you with uh tests or whatever, like, was there any of that? Yes, but, um, in a different way. So they're not like yelling and screaming at you and shit. And, and, uh, you don't really know what the fucking standards are. Um, like with the shooting quals, you might, it's like, well, this is what you're going to do in this amount of time, or this is what you're going to do. Do it as fast as you can and uh, this many rounds. Yeah. And it's like, well, like, uh, what's my score need to be? And like, nah, they don't even answer. Yeah. It's just like, from the 25-yard line, from concealed <laughs> in this amount of time, or uh, two shots and blah, blah, blah. And then the fucking timer goes off and you're just like, you know. Yeah. And I mean, you're shooting for, you know, fucking quarter million dollar a year job. And that's, yeah, that's plenty. Of that's stress. a lot of stress in itself. But, um, and the same with the fitness standards, you know, and then class to, or, uh, I guess it's not really a class, but tryout to tryout is different. But, uh, um, you know, in the requals, you get to know that shit. But yeah. on uh, my initial one, you didn't really know the, the standards. Yeah. How, and, how long is that whole process? It's a month. Month. So a fucking every day or? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a fucking dick dragger. Like I said, I have a number of friends that uh, that have been through it. I, a couple of them asked if I wanted to come on, and I was always in positions where it didn't make sense to. But 
Uh, I've, I've heard similar stuff, but uh, I appreciate you laying that out. Um, so you make it through that. You, you you passed everything successfully enough to to qualify or make it through that first time, or yeah, yeah. yeah. What, uh, so from there, did you go straight into rotating and deploying, or, or? yeah, yeah, they'd. There's a, they've always had like a big shortage because I uh, I think we had like 15 guys and uh, three of us passed and um, damn yeah and uh, so you're right out the door F- three out of 15 yeah holy fuck yeah is that nor- that's normal yep yep Jesus I didn't realize the fucking attrition rate was that goddamn high yeah it's it's surprising you know and. It's yeah, it's surprising. So here's a question that uh, that I'm curious of now is that with what you do for a living now, how long you did it? Do you think that that, that standard is is commensurate with the job? Like, do you think that 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 selects that month long selection process accurately reflects like it needs to be what it is to get the quality of product to to have the guys doing what they do, or do you think that that could be revamped and uh, and get more guys through that are that are good enough to do the job? I think I've always been a big fan of high standards. Do they need to be that high? Probably not, because there are other things, um, in my opinion, that I think feel like they're lacking. Yeah. And they have very high shooting standards, and then some of the other standards are kind of like, well, this doesn't fucking really (laughs) equal out. but. I will say this, it shuts motherfuckers the fuck up. Yeah. So you get a guy coming out, you know, who's done, you know, had an impeccable career and is a, you know what I mean? And it, and, uh, they don't give a fuck. They don't fucking give two shits. Yeah. And I mean, you know how it is. I mean, guys get out and when you get all those different units together and it's, everybody's fucking talking shit and we're better and we're better and blah, blah, blah. Well, when you fail, yeah. Now what? You better shut your fucking mouth. You know <laughs> okay, what I mean? I don't care what your service record yeah. says. You just failed. Exactly. It's yeah. like, well, yeah. Here's your performance, yeah. and uh, see you later. Yeah. And uh, so I do. I really fucking like that aspect because yeah. you get these loud mouths, and then yeah. it, I was tier one for nineteen. Fuck yeah. Well, you still failed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. But and and I like the I like the high standards too because it it fucking keeps the real shit yeah. bags out too. I mean, that, that's the one thing I never did any overseas contracting. I did some here stateside uh, for a few months right when I got out. But um, doing similar shit, teaching uh, you know basic pistol and, and rifle fucking marksmanship or you know tactical marksmanship, I guess I'd call it. But one of the things that I heard from a lot of guys that I served with and have kept in touch with over the years is that, you know, especially in that like 06, 07, 08 window is when it really, like the 03 to 06 was really tight standard wise, high caliber guys, you know, all pipe hitter soft dudes, but more and more contracting groups come into play and they're, they're undercutting everybody else and they're hiring beat cops and reservists and, you know, lowering their standards. And now, it's like fuck that. I'm not going with this crew of fucking bozos over there that don't know what they're doing. Did you experience that that same kind of thing in terms of an outsider looking in to appreciate the standards of what you're talking about? Yeah, I did. And um, you know, well, one thing, I, just backtracking just a second, I did. They lost a lot of fucking really good guys because yeah. of those standards. Yeah. Because of the shooting thing. Yeah. And it's almost like, man, if you would like look at how this guy is actually as a fucking operator under you know working under stress and being able to you know a basic 
command and control, shoot, move, communicate, and, uh, you know, uh, become a leader, they fucking lost a lot of fucking good guys yeah. that they don't realize, like, they're, the potential that they could have had yeah. if they would have brought them on yeah. just because of a ridiculous fucking shoot call. Yeah. Now, going back, yes, there were some slipknots. Yeah. And um, it kind of seems just like anything, you know, when the demand is up, the standards fucking yeah. drop a little bit. Or you get, just like anything else, it's fucking political. We all know guys that have gone to different units here and there and it's like what the fuck is that idiot doing over there? <laughs> yeah. you know and then other dudes you're like how the fuck did he not exactly make it? Yeah. and a lot of it a lot with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast. With first-hand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained. Covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. Real people, real encounters. So come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon. I feel like a lot of that is ego. You know, it's like, well, he did more shit than me and I'm going to belittle him to make myself feel better. So you fucking stay over there. Yeah. The pissing contest power trip that some of the cadre have. Yeah. That's too bad. And unfortunately, that's a poison, you know, yeah. when you get over there, because then you do have a fucking slipknot that got in politically who's not comfortable in his own skin. So he tries yeah. to measure up to everyone and then yeah. team cohesion goes to shit. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. It's, I mean, it's, I guess it shouldn't be that interesting. I mean, it's that way everywhere. I mean, I, you talk to firefighters, fucking cops, you know, federal law enforcement, fucking other government agencies, whatever. Like it's there, that element exists everywhere. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think any, any, anywhere is immune. What corporate America, fucking, you name it. I mean, it's, uh, it's too bad that the the human condition is what it is as it relates to that. But all right, so you you satisfactorily complete that, and now you start rotating. What of the places you rotated and what you did? I know there's a lot that you can't share. Uh, what what can you share in terms of where you went, what you did, and, and any any stories that you can uh, that you can share from any of that time. Um, I can't really get into like the real specific, but I mean, the one thing about that is like they say, like, um, you know, mobile security or whatever, it is so much uh, more than that because basically what, what they have is a, an element that is damn near all special operations guys from all the different units. So, and they never, um, they don't, sometimes it was almost like they didn't realize the full capability yeah. of what they actually fucking had. Yeah. What I was in wasn't a bunch of old, beat up, retired. Uh, Master Chiefs that yeah. fucking come back. To- I mean, they had guys that were young and very fucking capable mixed with some of the older cats. Mm-hmm. And um, once they did kind of start realizing like, 
uh, man, like these guys fucking bring a lot of shit to the table. Yeah. And then they started using us for a lot less traditional, more stuff. Yeah. And, um, which is, which I really, some of the shit was really fucking annoying, but like if you show up to a place that has like a really good fucking leader that is not a fucking turd and realizes that capability, you get to, you get in on some really yeah. uh, cool things that I never even would have thought of. Yeah. Um, and then like an, one thing that's really cool about the contracting thing is running into guys that he hadn't seen it in years. Yeah. Like, Fucking reunion. Yeah. And uh, like, I remember one time I was in Afghanistan and did you know uh, Rick Smethers? Oh, yeah. Captain? Yeah. So the captain. I show up to this place and, and uh, that guy's there. And I'm like, I didn't even know. I don't know who the fuck he was working for or yeah. anything. I just saw him. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? And, you know, I was like, holy shit. Like, what's that guy doing here? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he's like fucking 70. Yeah. And humping around in the, in the, in the mountains, whatever. Anyways, we're sitting on this rooftop and, uh, there was a team out that, uh, got into a tick and, um, that's a gunfight for you civilian assholes. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. And, not. uh, we're just sitting there shooting the shit and the guys get into a tick, so we jump up on the rooftop and we're like watching them through the binos. And uh, he's at, he's like, "Why the fuck did you get out of the team so quick?" And I was just honest, you know. I was like, "Man, I'll tell you, like it started getting political. I wasn't doing what I wanted to do as much as I wanted to. I was, you know, whatever that whole thing." And he's like, "Yeah, that's why I fucking got out too." And I'm like, "Dude, you were a fucking Vietnam guy," and like. Now you're here. Like, you yeah. didn't get out. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? And we're sitting there having this conversation in, like, pretty much board shorts and flip-flops, <laughs> watching our boys get into a tick, calling fucking Artie, yeah. uh, like, you know, calling in Artie on them, yeah, like on uh, the bad guys. Support. Like, like, why'd you get out? Hold on just a second. <laughs> I don't know, you know, and then... Boom. So anyways, yeah, I got out for this. And I was yeah. just like, this is fucking unreal, yeah, dude. That's fucking priceless. Yeah, I mean, uh, Christ, he, he was a captain the last time I ever ran into him or saw him, you know. But that's fucking wild shit. Is, can you mention anywhere where you were at? Uh, I mean, I was in, I was all over. I did a shit ton of work in Afghanistan. Yeah. All over Afghanistan. And um, I know that damn near that whole country like the back of my fucking hand yeah and then um i took a i took a short break and went and did some anti-piracy shit and um actually me and scotty words both left at the same time and did that yeah and um can, can you tell us about the anti-piracy thing that's something that people ask a lot like why isn't there more fucking dudes on ships i'm like there actually is a lot of fucking guys on ships fucking whacking people that are trying can you uh share your experience with that yeah, um, I, it's like it's like a video game. It is. It's like the most boring job in the world until the fucking pirates come. Yeah. But um, I mean, you're literally just sitting there. By the way, I've never been on a ship until I did <laughs> until, that. Until you're out of the navy. Yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, you're just sitting there eating chow and 
watching TV and there's no fucking internet or anything and playing grab ass with the other guys on there. Mm-hmm. One guy sits up in the bridge and watches. And then, and then when the pirates come, you jump up there. Now, you would think like, oh, this is fucking easy. You know, you just, which most of the time it is. It's like a little, I mean, they're in like little canoes and yeah. with a, with a, you know, 45 or whatever on the back of it. But um, they started getting smart. Mm-hmm. And uh, one time we were coming and they started like probing too. And um, they would set up like a no shit L ambush. And uh, th- I think one time, I think we had like 13 ships. Or thirteen uh boats. No shit. Yeah. And how many dudes were how many of their of you were there? Four. Four of them. <laughs> and I was like, Oh shit. You know, like this part's not gonna be as easy yeah. as I thought. And Are, were um, you guys armed? Was the armament fucking just small arms or did you have anything heavier than that? All we had were small arms. Yeah. So and <clears throat> no um, grenades or anything. No, just fucking M four P shooters, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, that one actually just wound up being a probe, uh, believe it or not. But yeah, they had like six or seven ships on this side, six or seven ships or canoes or whatever you want to call them on this side, as skiffs, is what you call them. And uh, like lined up, damn near perfect formation. And when they had AKs and shit or AKs, RPGs. Um, did they shoot any? Did you ever? Did they ever shoot RPGs at you at you guys? No, I'm not in mine. Yeah, but um, and then they that time they fucking backed off. Uh, now when we did have them coming at us, well, they were in like uh, like twosies. Yeah, they just get fucking smoked, and that's the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! And they, you know, it's funny is they wear fucking body armor. You know, <laughs> they fall in the water and fucking drown. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. Jesus but, fuck. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. But it, I mean, it lasts like eight seconds. Yeah. It, and then it's, it's like, like well, it's like being in the sack, really. It's, it's yeah. over pretty quick. It's like, I don't even go get a fucking burger now. <laughs> <laughs> but, fucking Christ. Uh, so, how long did you do that? I only did two pumps. Yeah. Um, I was, the first one was on an Indian ship, believe it or not. Some good food on that, huh? Oh, man, dude. <laughs> and uh, what's for breakfast? Curry. Do you have any snacks? Yeah, we're having curry. Yep, exactly. How about lunch? Curry. Curry, 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 yeah. curry. Yeah. I, I remember one night I was up there on the bridge doing, like, pulling duty or whatever you yeah. want to call it. And uh, I'm just sitting there looking out the window. You can't see fucking anything. And I feel this hand slide on my ass and, like, squeeze go. it. <laughs> and, and I was like, because it's pitch black. You black yeah. out when you get over into the, uh, like, off the coast of Yemen. And uh, in between Yemen and Somalia, you go blacked out, and this fellow's fucking hand grabbed my ass, and I'm like, what in the fuck? And I had heard these fuckers in the bathroom, you know, doing yeah. their fucking thing. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, I turn around, so and I'm like, ready to, and... I'm ready to start swinging, and this fucking guy, like, I fucking shine my lap. What the fuck are you doing? And, oh, la, 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 la. You know, like, scared the shit out of him. Like, dude, don't. Touch. I know it looks good, but but uh, so I'm arching my back and looking over my yeah, shoulder. Right, Jesus fuck, that's great shit. How how long were the uh, the the pumps the the deployments, whatever you want to call them? How how long were they? A couple weeks? Yeah, like about a month. Yeah, about a month. And then the next one was an American ship, yeah. and um, 
you know, so then you're okay with fortunately I didn't have anybody squeezing my <laughs> ass cheek on that one. But yeah, uh, yeah two pumps and I was kind of like, I'm fucking bored, man. Yeah. And um, so I went back to uh, with with the with the CIA contracting stuff. Were, were there uh, instances where you got into full blown uh, fucking gunfights or or IED? Uh, blasts or, or things like that no different than combat or was it pretty benign a little bit of both a lot of them were like real quick you know engagements or, or whatever but uh, there, there's like a lot of assassination attempts yeah and it's just the i mean i've been run out of safe houses and um i thought i was gonna fucking die multiple times yeah what, uh, well, because there, I mean, it's pretty, I, I never did that, but I, again, I had a lot of friends that did like there. I mean, you're fucking hanging it out, right? And there's a, just yeah. a couple of you and you're nowhere near anybody else. It's both, <clears throat> you know, sometimes you're at like a headquarters and there's a fuck ton of them and you're right next to, you know, all the, uh, all the SOCOM and JSOC elements and, and you're, and it's, you know, you're, there's a fucking shit ton of assets. And then next trip, you might be like really fucking hanging it out there, yeah. you know, with like four guys. Yeah. And um, I liked being out there with four guys and uh, or, or at the out stations where there's nobody because it it can get real fucking interesting real fast. Now, the shitty part is you don't have nobody's coming to get your ass. Yeah. You know, Um but could you put a number on the amount of gunfights you got into uh, while working for the CIA on the on their mobile shit? I don't know if I would say it's like straight gunfights, but um, engagements. I wasn't in Benghazi or anything like that. Yeah, fuck. I ne- you know I never actually counted that. Who do you think it's dozens? Probably. Yeah, but I guess the for for people listening the. I think we're, we're, you know, some, some folks may get, uh, you know, turned around or get it twisted is that the, the nature of that is, is very reactive and defensive. Yeah. Right? If I mean, you find yourself in an engagement, you have fucked up. Yeah. And somehow and the longer it is, the more you fucked up. Right. I mean, like it's yeah. break contact and get the fuck away. Right. Yep. Yeah. Any stories of, of that that you can share that, uh, that people might find interesting? Or what is I guess is there one that stands out in your mind that was like the hairiest that you were like holy fucking shit that was close or or something like that. There was one that I was in uh, where I was. They had to send. Uh, we got ran out of a safe house, and uh, it was bad. It was it was um, supposed to be the second biggest, or it was supposed to be a bigger push than Fallujah in that area, and uh, we had gotten compromised and run out of there and it was about 12 hours can you explain the uh in air quotes being run out of a safe house (laughs) fucking overwhelmed and surrounded in all like all directions and uh it started with a couple suicide guys and then they took a building and then um we were along like this river we're the only fuckers down there and uh there were some brits down there but how many of you were there? Maybe shooters. There was probably four. Yeah. God damn it. And there's a handful of other guys. We'll call them other guys. Yeah. And um, 
who are pretty much useless. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's one of the times I, I was like, yep, yeah, well, this is how it ends. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, so fuck it, let's just jump on the roof. Yeah. But we wound up, you know, getting out of it. And uh, it was a 12 hour fucking ordeal. Yeah. Holy yeah, fuck. Right around there. And were you, I mean, were you engaged most of that time, like off and on or? Yeah, yeah. it was, yep, it was off and on uh, constantly. Same question, armament-wise. All small arms, or did you have a little better, better armament? Oh no, we no, can, yeah, we were armed. Yeah, we had good shit, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we had good shit. Yeah, and uh, and plenty of it. Yeah. So, though, thank God. Yeah. You know, like the ones that stick out to me are always like the real quick ones because you're always under cover, and uh, almost always, and uh, it was you know you might be on somebody for for years yeah you know and uh you might just be a small piece of a fucking picture you have a huge picture trying to put little pieces of a puzzle together it's just always like amazing like in the seal teams you know when you go to do something you you know you're going to get into it a lot of times yeah. you know what i mean and like you're going to fucking kill people yeah and uh with this it was more you're not trying to be seen yeah. and you're completely undercover, you know, like just one wrong move and you got guys trying to kill you. They, yeah. A lot of, sometimes they get tipped off before we ever even head out the fucking door. But, and, and it happens stupid fast too. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's blink of an eye and it's like, holy fuck. Right. Yeah. I mean, I remember one time we had this huge thing going on and I, fortunately I can't fucking get into specifics, but it was a lot of a lot of moving parts, blah blah blah. Guys were all over. I was kind of like running the whole thing, and I'll be damn man. I put my fucking head down for two seconds, like trying, like looking at my GRG. Like one guy wasn't in the right spot. He was like, "Hey, I can't fucking hang here." Blah blah blah. I'm over here. Can you explain GRG? A GRG is like kind of like a it's a grid of um, an area of operation. So basically. You got, you know, your Y-axis and your yeah. X-axis, and it's like, I'm at fucking Alpha 4 or okay. whatever. And you just, Alpha's here, 4's here, boom, that's the grid square there. So that's specific to you guys. So, like, if you're calling shit over the radio only, you know where that's at, right? Yeah. 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 So it's it would be like if you gave me a map, yeah. and then I drew a grid over the top of it. And, Instead uh, of doing, like, a grid coordinate where everybody would know where the fuck you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I got you. Cause it's imagery yeah. and I'm um, like, all right, where the fuck is that? All right. And then they're, you know, they're just explaining where they're at. I put my head down for like, felt like two seconds, you know, trying to figure out where that team is now at, lift my head back up. And there's a guy fucking stitching up my window. You know, I have no idea how the fuck they knew who we were, where, you know, I mean, or where he even came from. Yeah. And boom, you know, there was a hit. God damn. And, uh, yeah. Did I you, mean, the, in all of the 20 or so deployments, rotations that you did, those are usually a couple months? Yeah, anywhere from, most of them are about like 60, 90 days. Yeah. In, in all of those deployments that you did, did uh, you ever lose any of your guys? Yeah. Um, not right next to me, thank God. But, um yeah, I know a lot of guys that have been killed on that contract, and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, 
I, I have no doubt. Well, I know some some of them are are mutual friends of ours, but uh, yeah, as, you know, speaking of loss, I mean, there's there's been such a heavy heavy price paid, and I know a lot of times people listening, and even even us, you know, we we joke and laugh and remember a lot of the good shit. I think it's you know out of respect for for the fall, and it's important to take a minute to to talk about loss a little bit in terms of the impact that that has. I you know, I spoke pretty in depth with Eddie about it. I, I like to talk to to most guys about it because you know one I think it's important from a, a grievance uh, standpoint or grieving standpoint, uh, but two you know to to obviously honor them and, and never forget. How has loss impacted you? I, I would say more, both personally and professionally, you know, as it relates to doing that for a living. Did that did that impact you significantly? While I was doing it, it just—I mean—it just made me want to go back more, and more, and more, and more. And um, I mean, as much as I fucking hate to say it, it's. I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast with first-hand witnessed accounts of the strange and unexplained, covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. Real people, real encounters. So come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon. Vive la acción, el drama, el featuring mío. Escoge entre un QPC Big Mac o McNuggets de 10 piezas para acompañar unas papitas medianas, swing sour sauce y una bebida. En carteleras ahora, para pa pa pa, en metanos participantes por tipo limitado. So many guys have died, it's almost, I mean. You get numb to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. No, I mean, for sure, this is one of the things we talked about, you know, Eddie with, uh, with in, the, in the last one that just came out, um, was, was that, that desensitizing to it. I know it's impacted me. What, how has that impacted you in terms of personal relationships with almost kind of deadening your, your empathy and sympathy and, and, uh, emotion as it relates to, to loss and grieving and, and feeling that way as it, has it impacted your personal life? Yeah. I mean, we're always, you know, like from fucking day one, week one, it's always drive on. And, um, that's just, what it's become, it's become like, um, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, it's normal. Routine almost. You know, and um, Scotty wasn't the first, and he sure as fuck isn't going to be the last. And and um, and uh, I, I listen to that podcast, and I think all of us have, like, very similar. You know, I, I heard you say, I don't really get excited, and I don't really get depressed, and that's how I am too. And it doesn't mean just, uh, with death, you know, it's, it's, I mean, it's all, I could hand you a million dollars right now and you're not going to fucking shit your pants and jump up and down and be like, um, you know, it's like, yeah, thanks man. Sweet. You know, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, appreciate you. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) it just, and I think a lot of, I think a lot of, uh, we'll call them normal people, uh, have a hard time with that. You know, they're like, what the fuck's wrong with you? You know, they're like, why aren't you more upset or, or why aren't you more excited or whatever? And it's like, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I know. And then, and actually I could go on all day about this shit, but, um, and I'm probably getting sidetracked here, but one thing that like, I start fucking feeling guilty because I'm not, because I don't show yeah. the emotion that I know that they're hoping to see. And sometimes like, 
I mean, I don't try to fake it. Yeah. But um, I I feel like this fucking guilt. Like, man, I know they like really went over the top right now, and and uh, they're not getting what they wanted to see, and that fucking sucks. Yeah. Because yeah, the reinforcement principle that they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you, and I I think it, it plagues our our community uh, probably more than most. I, I think uh, because I just you don't tend to see that in, in a lot of other elements of society where where people are, are that way. I think you know the EMS, first responder, military. You know it's only all of us combined one maybe two percent. You know cops, fucking firefighters, you name it that see that shit and go through losing comrades and, and coworkers and stuff regularly and seeing very traumatic shit and whatever. And uh, I, I think it's. I wouldn't even say hard. I think it, it borders on impossible for people that haven't been through stuff like that regularly to where their senses have been deadened a little bit to, to truly grasp and understand why, why it is the way that it is and, and how it, how it is that way. But, uh, you know, I think it's good to, to talk about it, you know, and to, to let people that haven't been through, uh, hear, hear our perspectives to understand what that, what that, you know, mental process is like for most of us, but, um, any, anything else you can share loss wise in terms of, uh, you know, guys that, that you lost on, uh, in that same project or program that, uh, that you can share. I mean, there's just, it's just start? always, it's home, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I think what bothers me the most is when I fucking can't stand, you know, like it's one thing, if you die uh, and you're in the middle of the fight, but when guys get killed by a fucking V bid, that just fucking crushes me. That's a, uh, a vehicle-borne IED for those listening. Because um, they just, you know, you're just gone. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I think it's pretty safe to say that everybody that has a job like that, I mean, it's almost like. Like you want to be doing that, yeah. you know. You want to be in the fight. You, you can't. I mean, fuck. That's why I got out of the fucking teams because I wasn't getting enough. Yeah. And um, when a guy gets killed by a, a fucking a fucking IED, I hate that because I know they did not fucking go out the way they wanted to, and, and yeah. that just fucking rips my fucking heart out, man. Yeah. But. Uh, it is. It's it's a tough tough way to go. I mean, they all are, but yeah. I mean, there, there's that element of wanting wanting it to be, you know, almost, um, you know, like it's written in a fucking script of being on a rooftop or you know in an alleyway or you know in a room fucking eight feet away from somebody and they get the best ear or whatever. And, and it doesn't always happen like that, unfortunately. But on a little bit of a lighter note, you know, the the relationships that you form in those capacities are, are pretty amazing too. Um, I know, you know, I'm, I'm closest with the guys that I've worked in that capacity with, you know, and, and always will be, but, uh, what, what was the, the transition like going from, you know, doing that, uh, still obviously having an entrepreneur bug, where, where did those things kind of meld and come together, ultimately getting you into what you're doing now? I mean, I didn't leave CIA to start my company. I actually had no fucking clue what. Kind of like the same deal with the teams. Yeah, I'm an impulsive motherfucker. <laughs> you but, just knew uh, you wanted out. Yeah. Uh, well, there were some things going on that I didn't fucking agree with, and um, I did what I thought was the right thing to do, which wouldn't have changed the thing, and um, I left. 
I was standing up for what I thought was right. Yeah. And uh, I knew I wasn't going to be back if I did it. But fuck it. I did it anyways. <clears throat> and um, I just didn't want to be the 65-year-old dude that's still fucking... On a rooftop talking about Yep. That's why and, I do You know, because I, I... As impulsive as I am, I'm also a fucking thinker. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I look at those guys and I listen to people and, and it's always the same fucking thing. It's one more... I'm going to one, one more, one more fucking good one. One more, you know, one more fucking. It's almost like a drug addict. It is exactly like a drug addict, you know, and you do get fucking addicted to it. And it, it's never going to be enough. Yeah. You could do. Or money. Yeah. yeah. It's just never going to be enough. And, uh, so anyway, so I had no, I had no clue what the fuck I was going to do. I just know I didn't want to be over there anymore or it was going to be really fucking lonely life and um so i was at home sitting on my ass blah 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 and then you know like i feel like terrorist attacks just started it was like kind of like a lull and then when they came back it was boom 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 it was you know france belgium fucking orlando san bernardino it was just boom 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 and um with all that came a lot of footage you know cell phone footage and i saw People don't have a fucking clue what the hell they are doing. Yeah. They don't know how to think. They don't know anything. And um, so I started Good Jones Elite. Does the name stem from something? Well, you know, when uh, at first I was doing the same thing everybody was doing, and it was Trident Security <laughs> or fucking yeah. Frog, you know, whatever, yeah. this whatever tactical. And I was yeah. like... That's just not me, yeah. you know. And then um, I really, I mean, the the name changed quite a few times, and and then uh, I was just in the gym one day, and for some fucking reason, it just popped in my head. I remember every single time, both with CIA and with the SEAL teams, we would head out the door. It was always stay vigilant, keep your head on a swivel. Yeah, and I was like. Stay vigilant, stay vigilant, stay vigilant. Then I was like, vigilance. And then um, I was actually going to do just, originally it was going to be, well, not originally, but it was going to be vigilance until I realized I couldn't trademark that. (laughs) And uh, then, uh, so I had to switch it up. And then I thought, well, everybody is fascinated with elite special operations units. And um, I want to make civilians a lead yeah so have you thought about doing like a uh, a more low-key mom and pop or or average franchising maybe call it vigilance mediocre like just put, <laughs> put it all over the country no <laughs> i had you going you were listening yeah. you're like oh you're yeah. serious it's like wait a minute <laughs> I, i'm we'll get into that here in a second i am curious when you talk about standing up for what's right can you share that or is that is there is it just a bunch of fucking bullshit that you don't want to get into uh, it's a bunch of bullshit that I don't want to get into. Uh, I can just say that is the gist of it is like, people, it was a shitty leader. Yeah. Uh, team cohesion was completely fucking broken. Yeah. Unfortunately, as a contractor, you have no recourse. Yeah. You know, yeah. shit out of luck. Or if you, so if, if you create a wave, yeah, you know, that they can't ignore, yeah. Then 
that's you know yeah. you ain't coming back yeah and and uh but i know it was the fucking right thing to do and and uh i would do it again a hundred fucking times yeah to me that like i i love to hear that and that uh you know one i'm a big don't have any fucking regrets kind of guy you know but to me the, the that principled approach of fucking doing what you know is right even if it means you're cutting a paycheck i mean there's been a few times where where I've done that, that at the time was a fucking detriment to me financially. Uh, but in the long run was absolutely worth it and, and ended up being, I wouldn't call it a blessing in disguise, but panned out for the better, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think to me living your life like that, you you just will never fucking go wrong. You know, I'm not Tony Robbins. Uh, but you know, to me, like if, if you, if you take that approach of taking that pregnant pause, before you make any big decision and say, you know, what's, what's the biggest bang for the, for the buck? Like what's the big impact you're going to have and what's the fucking principle behind it? You know, don't worry about the right, this fucking second monetization aspect or, uh, or, or anything else that that's the flash in the pan, like, you know, quick win, you know, think, think long game, chess game, long term, you know, and, and just fucking do what's right. If you, if you take that approach with every life decision, in my opinion, like, uh, you, you'll be doing all right, you know, but yeah. and it sounds like you, you take a, a real similar approach to, to things that way. Huh? I absolutely do. I, I mean, I actually, for as long as I can remember, I've always thought about, I don't know why, but I always worry about what people are going to think of me when I'm fucking dead. Really? I do. And that's, that's surprising. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> For as, as, as I don't give a fuck as, as you seem about everything else. You know, I don't but, give a shit what they think now, but I, <laughs> I'd like, I just, yeah. I always fucking think about that. And, uh, you know, how you want people to remember you when you're dead might change. You know, like there was a fucking time where I wanted people to remember me as the biggest fucking partier that ever yeah. lived Rome to the earth. Like back in seventh grade. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, but I always, however I want to be remembered, that's how, you know, but I have always been, I feel very uh, honorable and very f- overly honest. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I follow that to a T. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, you seem very principled, which uh, is rare and refreshing. But, uh, and I think, you know, I think if everybody lived that way, the whole world would be a far better place, you know, be honest, be principled. And, uh, I mean, everybody makes mistakes. I, I certainly, you know, from, even from a principled standpoint, I'm big on that. Do I, do I fuck up in that regard? Absolutely. I do regularly. But to me, like the, the goal should be to strive to, to live that way, but, uh, it's good shit. So in terms of vigilance elite, what, what was that, uh, for, you know, when you decided, okay, I'm going to start this, can you, uh, give us the synopsis on what that was like starting, starting that out and in any struggles you had or, or what, just what it was like getting it started. Oh man, it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I started out, I was just, you know, what I really wanted to do is teach mindset, but how the fuck do you do that? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you can't, the longer it goes on, I realize that's just impossible. You yeah. know, you, you get mindset. I believe you get mindset through having experiences. And if you've never had <clears throat> a fucking experience where you've been scared shitless or thought you were going to die or, you know what I mean? You're never going to be able to think like how a lot of people want to think or they pretend like they think like that. But you never really, I I mean, would you agree with that? A hundred percent. I mean, to me it's, and and the reason why I would say, I I don't even, I wouldn't even say that I agree with it. I would say that I, I believe that to be a fact and here's why. 
with dogs, you know, their, their confidence sometimes is genetic uh, or draws off of their genetics. Most of a dog's confidence, and, and the reason I use dogs as an example is the same reason with like CBD oil or medications or whatever, that, that one of the beauties of dogs is that they are the Petri dish. They are the pure guinea pig in that there is no placebo effect. You, you can't talk them into doing something. You know, you can't make them think, well, I'll bet this supplement's going to make me fucking huge. Like it either fucking works or it doesn't. You know, it's very face value, incredibly black and white. And that's, that's one of the things that I value most about working with dogs day in, day out is, is that, is that everything is really fucking contrasted and, and where their confidence generally comes from, just like with kids too, is, is building that confidence and exposing them calculatedly to certain stressors. Uh, and you're, you're raising that threshold for their ability to take it. You know, and to me with people, that's, that is in essence, what mindset is, is if you have a positive mindset of, you know, I'll take a bite out of this shit sandwich and I'll ask for a fuck another one covered in Cholula. It is that, you know, you, you get that attitude from being faced with adversity, nutting up, fucking barreling your way through it and coming out on the other side. Okay. Not necessarily unscathed or, you know, ultimately victorious, but the fact is you came out and you survived. And that's what makes you confident going into the next one is you're like, well, I know I could handle this. Well, I know I can fucking handle that then. And to me, it's one of the neat things about dogs again, is that, you know, we, we expose them to all these different environments that are, that will sketch a fucking dog out, you know, flashbangs, fucking gunfire right above their head, you know, fucking sirens while they're, you know, intently using their nose and super focused on an odor. And all of a sudden this crazy loud fucking sound distracts and whatever, working through all that. You, you don't take that dog from, you know, 10 months old, having never seen that, throw them into a fucking SWAT environment and expect them to do well. Like they're not, they're going to blow their fucking anal glands and, and run away. If you, if you structure that exposure, right, just like with people, then you can build this dog that now doesn't give a fuck about anything, you know, and is super confident tail up over his back, like a fucking scorpion. And we'll walk into the gates of hell and be like, who wants it? You know? And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, to me, it's, it's absolutely that, um, you know, that, that, that mindset, uh, you know, whether you want to call it confidence, mindset, attitude, uh, you know, whatever is, you know, that it, to me, if, if you haven't been through that and you have that, it's manufactured, it's, yeah. pe it's a peacock feather line of bullshit, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so in, in that, so you, you, you realize like, well, fuck, you can't teach that. So you got to put people through it to teach them that or is that? Well, no, I don't do that. And actually when I was just, uh, just hearing what you were just saying, that's exactly how I fucking teach, you know, and I, it's way off topic, I guess. No such thing on but, the mic drop. <laughs> Everything's topic. on topic. So whatever. I Let's fast forward, I guess. Uh, one thing that I, I saw was a fucking huge gap in the training is you got these guys with this tremendous amount of experience coming out and they're teaching people and mixed in with the fucking posers. Yeah. And, uh, but what does everybody fucking do? They all think that their fucking clients are like going to uh, take fucking Fallujah down tomorrow, yeah, yeah. you know? And I mean, for fuck's sakes, I've seen people run a handgun course and for the first time ever, somebody's shooting a handgun and after lunch, they're doing fucking simunition shit. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what in the fuck are you, you know, I'm just, and they, everybody, there's this, huge push for induced stress well basically what you were just saying with the dogs is you add a little at a time yeah if you over if you 
push too much fucking stress onto your client, you're immediately going to shut them down. And then the learning process is completely done. Yeah. And probably forever, yeah. you know, cause people are already scared shitless of you. Cause you're a fucking seal. Yeah. They're scared shitless of the gun because it goes bang real loud <laughs> and it kills people, yeah. you know, and you act like a fucking dickhead and you push too much stress on and that it's shut down. Yeah. So, I mean, what I really pay attention to is I'll only add, I'll add a little stress at a time until I find that mark, yeah. you know, where they like, that's all they can handle. Yeah. And it might just be initiating the drill, screaming threat. Yeah, it might not be. It might not even be that much, you know. And uh, but you gotta you gotta slowly find that point, and then and then really work with them and make them feel comfortable, you know, before you even begin to induce stress. Yeah. And um, off topic, but I really feel like that is where I've been able. One of the ways that I've really been able to separate myself from the competition yeah. is this whole the whole tough guy shit it just yeah. doesn't fucking work people don't want to fucking go to baghdad yeah and and as as prevalent of a uh, or or significant as a presence as you have on social media I'm, I'm real curious to get your your take i know what mine is i'm curious to see if yours is the same is that social media specifically instagram um you know, is, is such a double-edged sword. You know, mm. there's some uh, unequivocally amazing fucking elements to it in terms of guys like you and I being able to reach enormous audiences. You know, and I'm not saying that I know everything or that you do or whatever. Please don't take it that way and that, like, we're the only ones that deserve a platform. No fuckers, that's not what I'm saying. However, is that you get kind of in in, in touching on what you just talked about, the, the internet tough guy shit and, and whatever, is that... Instagram is its own worst enemy, especially when it comes to, I see it in dog videos all the fucking time, like protection dog or, or you know, police SWAT, military, high speed bite work type shit. And, and I see it all the time in shooting stuff is that, you know, people, they'll see somebody do something, right? And they'll be like, well, that's what I need to be doing. Not realizing that there's three fucking years of really basic shit that took place before they got to that point. And so you, you've got like droves of fucking people doing really stupid dog training stuff that like for people that know what they're looking at you're like oh my fucking god what are you doing i'm assuming it's the same way can you can you touch on that oh yeah <laughs> i could go on about this shit all yeah. fucking day i mean to me it's it's like the shot show crowd right like yeah most which of i the can't stand yeah most of the people that show up there like the, the dog component is small i'm not i'm not trying to cut you off but the the dog component is small, but most of what you see there, I just, I look and I'm like, oh my fucking God, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, um, pl please touch on that and I'll shut the fuck up for a second. <clears throat> I mean, when I, you know, I, you see these guys and they, they, I mean, like I said, there's two different, there's like the real deal who just because you're the real deal doesn't mean you can fucking teach. And then there's the fucking posers out there who are teaching shit that they have they get they get creative yeah you know but with our guys or you know like with, a, with similar backgrounds as us i'm nick the host of the ufo chronicles podcast with first-hand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained covering ufos cryptids conspiracies and the paranormal real people real encounters so come with us on the journey into the unknown. 
UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon. There's just nobody wants to touch on fundamentals. And I think part of that is some of us get just so used to that tool, i.e. the gun or the weapon or whatever the fuck you want to call it, is that you do, you forget the fucking fundamentals. Like you you don't forget them, but you f- if I asked you to teach me how to walk, how the fuck are you going to do that? Yeah. It's like, uh, well, I stand up and I put one foot in front of the other. Like it becomes so second nature that you exactly. for, you forget that it's part of the process. Yeah, and I think guys, one, they don't have the patience. Two, they don't want to teach that. They want to get straight to, you know, CQB and simunition and all this other shit. And um, three, I think a lot of guys aren't comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. And um, so they portray this fucking tough guy shit because that's what they they feel like. I can't, you know, you see a lot of this. My fiance calls it fun is for pussies. <laughs> and it's, I mean, I must be a yeah. pussy because I love to have fucking fun. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, they can't break that and it completely shuts everybody down. And, man, I'm like way off topic here, I know. No. But and then the guys that that does attract are the fucking phonies. Yeah. You know, I wind up, believe it or not, I fucking fire those clients. Yeah. You know, I get the guys that they're the big preppers, right? Yeah. They want to spend fucking a hundred thousand dollars. I have some high end clients. They want to spend a hundred fucking thousand dollars on guns and ammo and night vision yeah. and this and that and i'm like can you fucking run to that mailbox over there and get the mail for me and they can't even fucking do it and yeah. it's like yeah you are you're a hell of a prepper man yeah. like you're gonna get it <laughs> yeah. like get the you know I, yeah. it's just not my people you know yeah. that's not i want to train the person that wants to learn the fundamentals and wants to work their way up to that stuff but god's honest truth most of the people that are interested in learning the fundamentals are comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. They don't want to be a fucking operator. Yeah. They want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a fucking business guy or whatever. And those are the people that I reach because it, it, it fucking cuts all the bullshit out. Yeah. They're not, you know, asking me what holster I'm running. And, 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 and you can cut all that fucking nonsense out, get straight to teaching. And then because you're relating so well, the, the whole better relationship is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, and well, so that, that leads me to a question that, uh, I mean, I, I know how I feel about it, but I'm curious to get your take is that, you know, I don't get asked near, I'm sure what you do in terms of what gun I'm running or what ammo I like or what holster, or what fucking grip or sights or whatever, you know, is that a ghost trigger? What, like what, you know, to me, like there's an element of, of fundamentals and basics that has to take place with everybody for them to have enough experience to have a personal preference. Yeah. You know, is that like if you're coming to me and again, like I'm sure mine is a, is a fraction of a percentage in terms of what you get approached with. But it's like, you know, go take a few courses, go, you know, put a few thousand rounds downrange to understand what you like, what you don't like. There's so many factors and variables that are going to dictate what you like or don't like or what's good for you in the situation you're going to be carrying a gun in or, or utilizing it is that there isn't a fucking blanket answer. I mean, it's a lot of that way with some, some elements of dog training. Is that, is that your take on that or what do you think? Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And 
people have a tendency to overthink everything. Like, I'm just going to try to think of an example to work uh, with the training is, I don't know, if I'm going to go, well, what kind of treats should I use? I don't know, dude. It's a fucking treat. Use a treat. You know what I mean? Like, they like cheese, steak, fucking dog bones, whatever, pig ears, like whatever. It's a fucking, it's a reward. You're yeah. missing the whole thing here. Yeah. It's a reward. Doesn't matter what kind of fucking reward. Yeah. It's a reward. Yeah. And well, and, and for dogs, it, I mean, it depends on the dog. I mean, there's dogs that don't give a fuck about hot dogs and there's other dogs that'll take your fucking thumb off if you have a liver <laughs> treat, you know, it's like, <laughs> but it's the same with people. It's like, you know, for some people that, you know, as much as I like a Glock 19, like there's some people that fucking hate them that just can't run them and, and they don't like them. They don't work well for them. And that's fine. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's, it's, there's a lot of parallels there, but, um, I think, I think, uh, and I mean, I, I just, my answer is always simple. It's like, get a fucking Glock 19. It's a great starter gun. You know, if you don't like that, get a SIG. If you don't like that, get a Smith and Wesson. I mean, stick with a company that's built a reputation. Now, if you have the guy over there that works for, I don't know, fucking Ozark brand tactical, (laughs) and he's making a shit out of his garage, and he says, it's you know, it's probably not what you want. You know, these those three brands I just named, I could give two shits which one you pick. They're all fucking good. They all work. And, uh, you know, just save the aftermarket shit for later when you figure out why the fuck you even want any of that crap, Yeah, which I don't. But, and, you know, like, I don't think I know this whole brand ambassador fucking promo code sponsor whores. Like, I think that has confused almost everybody in the fucking market. Yeah. On on not just in the gun industry, but in every industry. Because you have all these social media fucking celebrities or whatever the hell you want to call it and it's like use these sites use this like it's fucking sites dude who gives a shit like i could throw trigicon up right like the night sites i could throw trigicon up a fucking night vision ameriglow whatever I could throw 20 fucking sites up, take the names off them and give them to you. Are you going to be able to pick which one? You know what I mean? Like, who gives a fuck, dude? It's a site. It glows in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who gives a shit? What I, yeah. I don't even know what fucking brand I have. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, shooting, golf, fucking baseball, I mean, you know, whatever sport or skill set that you're talking about where you're using a tool. Uh, fuck, for that matter, guitar playing. Yeah, you know, you you hand Tiger Woods a fucking nineteen dollar used set of Goodwill Goodwill shitty fucking clubs. Guess what? He can still rock and roll. He's with still them. gonna whip your ass at golf. Yeah, you know, you go into a pawn shop and get a fucking sixty dollar piece of shit fucking you know pony model twenty year old Fender Stratocaster that's been beat to shit and hand it to Kirk Hammett. He'll string it up and fucking slay your ass with it. Yep. And to me, like guns, it's the same thing. Like, you know, it, it, people get so wrapped around the axle. And, and you don't see it as much uh, in dogs. I mean, you do see some of it with this training vest and these fucking e-collars or this, you know, fucking tactical vest or this crate or, you know, whatever. I mean, there certainly are some some good products versus not because it's a it's a different animal, no pun intended, with the dog. And it has to work. And, you know, the dog is going to let you know if it does or not. But there is even still some elements of that uh, in this. But, I mean, to me, the the bottom line is, and I think shooting is as good of an example as any, is that, you know, there is an element of, of expertise and fundamentals that if you have that, 
the tool is almost irrelevant. You know, yep. um, c- can you give us the kind of the 30 second pitch on vigilance elite in terms of like, I've never met you. What do you do for a living? Can you like explain the, to the, to the listener slash viewer, what, uh, what you're all about? Um, well, I do, I honestly, I don't even have a 30 second spiel, but what I do is I do very exclusive tactical training, primarily private lessons and private groups. I'm also a marketing. I mean, I just happen to be good at it. So another thing I really like to do is I like to find guys that are, that are coming out of the, out of the community, trying to start something that maybe need a little exposure. And, uh, I got a lot of fucking exposure so I can go and kind of showcase a business and get them like launched, you know, in front of everybody. Yeah. And has um, that consulting thing kind of turned into a passion of yours? I fucking love it, man. You know, and, uh, one thing that sucks is people like, I've never taken a fucking payment. You know what I mean? Like I do this shit because I want to fucking help people. You know, I like helping people. Yeah. I've helped a lot of people that never really fucking appreciated it, and that sucked. And then you get the audience. It's like, he's fucking getting paid to do that. I'm not getting paid to do shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm paying to fucking do that. I pay for that film crew. I pay for their fucking flights. I pay for my flight. I take time off from training where I'm not making money to go and showcase Jeff Reed, Frozen Trident. or You know what I mean? Because I want to see good people succeed yeah. i really do and um i wish there could be a way to get paid for that yeah. but uh there isn't well i've got there's this affiliate code program i'd like to pay <laughs> use my chromo code yeah. big off. dick 15 and yeah. get 15 off back to the the vigilance part of it um do you, I know you just, so you moved to Tennessee and you bought a fucking badass property. You're going to put a range on. Is that going to change? One, can you talk about that? And two, will that change you opening it up to, to maybe running courses or, or broadening your horizon in terms of who you teach? Or is it going to, are you going to keep it pretty fucking low level, high end client type? I'm going to keep it very exclusive. So that's just what I like doing. And one thing I have learned in the business world is if you don't like what the fuck you're doing you're not going to be any good at it yeah so as soon as i start getting bored of something i move yeah and right now what i like doing is i like training people that are really that want to fucking learn and that are dedicated yeah to doing it and um not not looking for the fake preppers yeah you know that are showing up with their body armor falling off of them and their fucking helmet sideways and i don't even wear body armor or helmet yeah, yeah, you know yeah. that's that's for another a crowd that i don't want to fucking be in yeah i want to be in and people that are serious that want to fucking defend themselves and know that they want they're willing to pay to get the one-on-one yeah and um so anyways the property is 109 acres it's gonna it's got a cabin on it. it's gonna be extremely comfortable place to learn uh i'll shoot all my a lot of my videos there we'll be shooting next to a fucking waterfall yeah that's fucking badass <laughs> um, bring the swedish bikini team in yep. have them in the waterfall yep but um it won't be like this elaborate big 
training facility like fucking Blackwater, that's not a comfortable learning environment. That's a shit ton of bays with a bunch of fucking people all blowing yeah. shit up and shooting Tannerite. No, this will be one or two ranges that are fucking immaculate and um, very, just a really calm, quiet, relaxing place to learn yeah. how to do that and uh, how to how to protect yourself. Yeah. And then uh, another another thing that I want to do with it is I want to give a marketing platform to guys because I, I mean, not to sound fucking cocky, but I can fucking I can market. Yeah. And um, I want to create a package where I can fucking help launch guys. Yeah. I'd be like, come out here. I have the film crew. I have the range that's immaculate. You're not shooting into some fucking piece of shit, dirt mound with weeds, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, coming out of it and yeah. 50 people in the bay next to you taking a course. It'll be, and I, you know, I'm, I'm good at the production stuff. Yeah. And uh, I can take a guy, give him suggestions, give him the film crew, get the editing done, all that shit. And then when he leaves, here's your package. This is how you use it. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll see some some guys coming out with some better success rates. Because, yeah. you know, as much as I, I mean, they are my fucking competition, but I'm not really threatened by anyone. Yeah. I just, well, I think too, you know, you're, you're, there's a little bit of apples and oranges there, and that you know, like you you're doing what you're doing, but the 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 marketing consultation piece, I think, you know, and we'll talk more about it. I'm sure afterwards, not to bore everybody, but. To me, like that's its own entity, business entity in and of itself that is probably worth exploring. But um, what uh, what what does the next couple of years look like for you? Just building both of those two things out. Is there anything else in the mix? Uh, apparel, actually, believe yeah. it or not, um, I want to do apparel. So I got some flannels coming out, and um, probably going to look a lot similar <laughs> to this one, lumberjack elite. Yeah, but um, I'm going to hit the apparel hard and. I know not everybody can afford my services, so what I am going to do is I'm actually going to make an online training yeah. uh, instructional course that's broken up into quick, down and dirty, no bullshit, no fluff, mm -hmm. uh, with a little bit of humor in it, segments on how to fucking, on fundamentals of shooting. Yeah. And for you ADD fuckers out there, they'll be like, Five minute segments or less, probably. Yeah. So it's not, you're not sitting there watching fucking some fat fucking turd go on for four hours on how to fucking load a handgun. It'll be like, boom, this is how you do it. Throw some humor in it, boom. Yeah. It'll be extremely affordable. Yeah. Um, and, and they'll they'll all be on the website. Yeah. So that's that's going to happen. I can't wait till this John Wick shit comes out. Yeah. Well, so speaking of that, I'm curious. Uh, I, I didn't realize that you had a hand in that. Could what, uh, fucking tell us about that. That's badass. It was, uh, I went out and trained. Uh, uh, so my YouTube thing kind of like, that was an accident. I didn't, you know, I started, I've just got to give you a little backstory to lead up to it. But um, the only reason I started doing YouTube videos is to answer fucking questions. Yeah. Because I get... I can't stand sitting behind the computer and answering emails. Yeah. So I was like, I had a great idea. I'll make a video that explains what I do, and then nobody will have any more questions, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. So anyways, one of the videos was an EDC pocket dump because 
Everybody asks you that. Right. I'll bet a hundred times a day somebody asked me what kind of gun I'm carrying. So I made ADC. That wound up getting 3.3 million views. I called out Terran Tactical Mag Extenders in that uh, because it helps me get a full grip on my Glock 43. Next thing you know, you got a Cadillac wrapped in Terran Mag Extender fucking advertisement showing up in your driveway. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) I got invited to go down there. And I was like, oh, uh he wanted to send me some shit. I was like, dude, I don't need any stuff. I'm, I think you got a great product and I'm more than happy to support it, you know? And, uh, I don't like talking to people. That was my way to get the fuck off messenger. And like, yeah. yeah. And they're like, well, why don't you come down here and make some videos? Fast forward. I wind up down there. There's a stunt girl trying out for, uh, I think it was the call of duty game. And, uh, me and Taryn were in the middle of making a video. He's like, Hey, Sean, can you train, her name was Celia and uh, room clearance. And I'm like, uh, I didn't really want to fucking do it dude, at all. But I was like, yeah, fuck it, man. I, I can do it. You know? And I'm like, Hey, how long do you have? She's like about three hours. I was like, uh, and she goes, <laughs> no problem. She goes, and it takes an hour to get there. Yeah. And I'm like, Holy fuck, man. You know? And, uh, so I hand her an M4, like an airsoft one, I think it was, and she didn't even know how to hold it, doesn't know how to load it, doesn't know where the safety is, nothing. I'm like, oh, my God, you want me to fucking teach you how to fucking clear a room, and you don't even know how to, like, where the safety is on this thing? So I taught her how to hold it. It was a fake gun, so it doesn't matter, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, taught her how to hold it, and I just fucking taught weapons flow. That's it. How to fucking cross the threshold. I'll be fucking damned. She went to her audition and the fucking stunt coordinator goes, where the fuck did you learn that? No shit. I've never seen anybody audition like that. Come in here and where the, I mean, was like, where the fuck did you got the part? And where the fuck did you learn that? (laughs) No shit. Yeah. And after like an hour and a half. Yeah. And I didn't know. Taryn told, he's like, Hey, remember that uh, girl you trained yesterday? And I was like, yeah, he goes, she got the fucking part. And I was like, no shit. Well, that's badass. Like, I was like, fuck yeah, man, that's fucking cool. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And uh, told me what they said. A couple days later, he's like, hey, Keanu Reeves is coming out here to train for John Wick 3. Do you think you could show him that? And I was like, yeah, fuck it. I don't care, man. Whatever. You know, I don't really get starstruck. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I'm not even a. I'd never even seen the movies. <laughs> you know, I was just yeah. like, what was your name again? Yeah. I was like, yeah, sure, man, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, next day shows up and it's like, Sean, you're on deck. Here we go. And, um, what, what kind of guy was he? I've, I've heard a lot of good things about him, like him being almost the anti celebrity, uh, in terms of how he carries himself and talks to people. What, what was your, your, uh, experience like with him? I would say that's, that's accurate. I mean, with that being said, I didn't have like a bullshit session. You know, I was just like, well, I'm here to train this fucking guy. I didn't get paid for it, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> you're but, welcome. Uh, I'm here to, yeah, you're welcome. But, um, I was like, I'm here to train this guy. So it was pretty much strictly business. But when he showed up, he like, I met him, you know, and he's just like, I'm like, hey, what's up, dude? I'm Sean. And he's like, it's a beautiful day. <laughs> like, listen, said, fucking weirdo. Yeah, I was like, you're goddamn right it is. Go get your fucking guns. Let's get started. 
<laughs> but um so anyways and after that man it was pretty much strictly business but yeah. uh I was ex- I wasn't expecting that. I was thinking it was going to be some fucking prima donna dickhead yeah. asshole. Yeah, I've heard the exact opposite from a lot of people that you know he lives way under his means and and uh, is just a super down to earth cool dude. I am curious. I've seen some videos that, and I, I have to ask you. Maybe you know. Maybe you don't. I've seen a couple of videos of him on ranges. I don't know if that if that's where you were at and teaching him. Maybe it was before then, but there was some discrepancy as to whether or not it had been sped up or if he was that, that fast, uh, from your experience and, and seeing him t- and helping teach him, I'm assuming he was already a f- at a fairly competent level compared to maybe what you were expecting. Cause he's already done it for two movies and all the fucking matrix shit. I mean, he's, he's done a lot of those types of movies. So what, what did, what was your initial impression of his competency in terms of gun handling? And is he as competent as he looks in some of the videos I've seen with him? He is, yeah. you know, um, like for real, like you give him a loaded gun and say, this is what, like, you, let, let me, re- well, answer that. Then I have a, a follow up question. Okay. Well, I did not actually, when I was with him, we never fired around. We took the bolt out of the fucking M4 and, um, ran with, uh, some, those little cert pistols. Yeah. Um, cause I was just teaching, I mean, we, you know, there wasn't a kill house, so it was kind of like a makeshift fucking doorway. Yeah. But um, it, I did the same thing. It was weapons flow. But, yeah, he can fucking shoot. And I can tell by the way he moves and how engaged. And, I mean, and his the questions that he were was asking were, like, very relevant. Yeah. So I, he definitely fucking knows his way around yeah. Uh, an AR-15 and a and a uh, and a Glock. Yeah. Not a, no doubt. Can Can you go into the quote unquote weapons flow? Like what what exactly that entails for the listener? Like what you were teaching him and the lady, and, and just kind of what the gist of that is. Yeah. I uh, I mean, basically, what I was teaching him is clearing a room, clearing a house, mm-hmm. like um, as a as an individual, as an individual, yeah. which actually. I'm a resident expert on because at CIA, you're not running in a team, you know? So we had to do a lot of that. So yeah, it was basically two man room clearances and, uh, going through doorways, you know, like, you know, breaking down and coming back up and, and, uh, mid gun and all that kind of shit. Are you doing like pieing corners and shit? Yep. Both going dynamic and, and, um, whatever the fuck they call the other one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, dynamic and I can't fucking remember. Static? Nah, what it, I, I can't even remember. But, um, yeah, basically violence action versus slow and methodical. Yeah. And um, we did both scenarios with... Uh, I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast, with first-hand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. Real people, real encounters. So come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon. Both rifle and pistol. And, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he was into it. He was very engaged. Yeah. I know it's impossible to know, uh, you know, what a guy's fucking sack is like unless you've had it either A in your hand or you've gone to war with him. 
but I, I'm curious, uh, from going through the selection with the CIA, your time and the teams, et cetera, do you think like shit hits the fan, like legit, like you could count on that guy or is it impossible to answer just because of the, the nature of the fucking training was so fake? I mean, that was impossible to answer, you know, but what does your gut tell you? I think if he wanted to do it, I think he would be good because he was, um, he was very, he was extremely attentive. Yeah. And when I release the videos, you'll see that. Like yeah. he, he was genuinely interested in what I had to put out, which makes me teach better. Yeah. You know, when you can tell your client or student, or whatever you want to call them, is, is uh, very engaged and is enjoying what you're putting out, yeah. then you're, it gives you that warm and fuzzy that's like, oh man, I'm going to make you fucking real good. Yeah. And uh, he wanted to keep going. He was supposed to learn some shotgun shit after that. And he was like, I want to stick with this. Yeah. And uh, so that was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. That's fucking badass. Have, have you kept in touch with him at all since? Or? Nah. Yeah. I didn't even want to like, you know, I mean, with a guy like that, I'm not trying to fucking kiss anybody's ass. And I know he's got everybody under the sun trying to fondle his fucking balls, you know, and I'm just like, Hey man, it was a pleasure to meet you. Fucking good luck with the movie. And if I see you again, then cool. If I don't, yourself. then I don't. So <laughs> yeah. see you around. Yeah. No, Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, it sounds like overall is a pretty good experience though. huh? Yeah, it was cool, man. Have you done more of that work for other actors or you stick more to just the high-end clients? That- I just stick with the high-end clients. And, you know, I don't live in L.A. and yeah. I don't have a range out there. And I got a feeling that he's probably a one-of-a-kind, yeah. you know, because I've... I There's enough assholes. Yeah. yeah. I don't, and I don't do well with teaching fucking dickheads. Yeah. So yeah. I fire them. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I hear you. Um, what, what part of Tennessee are you in? Like, where? how far is it from, say, Nashville? 45 minutes. Oh, no shit. Yeah. It's like right the fuck outside then, huh? Yeah, I'm at Franklin. Oh, okay. So. Well, fuck, that's, uh, I mean, there, I can only imagine that with the amount of fame and, and country music, and it seems like a lot of people are fucking moving there, um, you know, outside of the country music realm, just more like A-list assholes or, or almost going in droves to fucking Nashville, it seems like. But, Scares the fucking hell out of me. Yeah, yeah. It'd be fucking... Every time I fucking meet another person from California, I'm yeah. like, oh, great. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> here we go. Little L.A. Yeah. Um, no, it's, uh, it's, it's good, uh, good to hear all that shit. I'm fucking uh, really, really stoked on the success you've had. Before we start to kind of wrap it up, one thing I do want to ask is from a Second Amendment standpoint, uh, broaching into the political side for just a minute, School shootings is a huge fucking uh, hotbed topic that uh, gets a lot of attention, even though percentage wise, like it's, you know, a blip on the fucking radar in terms of how many people, uh, you know, get get killed um, outside the realm of natural causes. But I'm still curious to get your take. People ask, you know, what is the solution to that? What uh, what is your take on that? I think they need training. Um, but don't get me wrong. I don't think they need gun training. I think they need, you know, they, I think they need a fucking plan. And I might, I might bite my words for saying this, but I don't think fucking arming teachers is the answer. I don't think teaching kids how to fucking do tourniquets is an answer or teaching like any fighting. I mean, I just think that there are a lot of people with our background that are fucking coming into these schools and they're 
trying to teach all this, sh- and they don't realize it is a fucking, it's a kid you're talking mm-hmm. to. That's a fucking, that's a teacher, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not a war fighter. They don't want to be a war fighter. And you give people guns that don't need guns, bad shit happens. You know, it can yeah. be more, I think there could be more harm than good with that. I think they need to learn shit like, what is a fatal funnel? Don't stand in a fucking doorway, you know, or just come up with a plan, you know, like I just, I don't think guns is the answer. Yeah. I really don't. I don't think tactical training is the answer. Yeah. I think if you're going to, you know, spend the money on arming teachers, I mean, do you know how, like, you know how it is. You you don't use it, you lose it. And yeah. a teacher that doesn't want a fucking gun is not going to practice or know what the fuck they're doing when the time comes, yeah. you know, and you can't make somebody learn something they don't want to learn. True. Well, and, and I mean, to me, the the ultimate reality of that is that you, you again, I, I use dogs as an example, or even guys like us, is that it's like saying, okay, there's 200 dudes that show up at Bud's, all 200 of them need to graduate. Yeah. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, well, make it happen. Well, you can't fucking make it happen. You know, teaching teachers and kids and, and administrative staff and all of that, you know, how to handle a fucking hell-bent, fucking hopped up on, on psychotropic drugs fucking fucking goon you know trying to get into a a school and cause mass carnage like yeah i i agree with you i mean to me the the simple answer at least not delving into the the societal issues of what's creating people that are willing to go do that that's a whole nother fucking episode frankly but to me the the simple answer that the cheapest fastest and and most um I, i would say manageable fucking mode of of staving off these types of attacks is frankly fencing you know uh is as much of a hotbed topic as the border wall is i mean people that say that walls don't work i want to fucking punch you in the face uh i mean to me if, if you if you put a fence uh similar a fencing system similar to what is around fucking prisons around every fucking school like well i don't want to fucking make our schools look like prisons tough shit like, would you rather have them be shot up? Yeah. You know, to me, having not one way in, one way out, but two ways, you know, one one on a backside of a building and one on a front side or one on sides, whatever, is that you can put the building between the two entrances and exits. There's enough of a standoff to where, you know, if somebody pulls up in a truck, unless it's a fucking rider van with 4,000 pounds of explosives, then you're fucked either way. But have enough of a standoff to where it's not three feet from the fucking building, again, similar to a prison. And you've got one gate on one side and one gate on the other side that's fucking open during bringing students in. And there's people there fucking making sure the, the flow of who's coming in and out is, is secure. Uh, and once everybody's in, it's fucking locked. If the building burns down, there's enough dead space to where you can get out, uh, you know, and be outside of the school and not fucking be burned alive. To me, that that is the answer. I mean, that that's going to stop fucking ninety nine percent of those people. Like, can you drive a fucking vehicle through through some of them? Yeah, you know, but it it, it severely, I think, limits the amount of fucking people. If you've got fence with fucking rows of concertina wire at the top of it. Uh, and it's, you know, heavily reinforced with big drill pipe type fucking posts every fucking six feet or whatever. That in and of itself is going to stop most anybody that wants to try to get in there, you know. And it's yeah. and it's relatively simple cost effectiveness. It's still cheaper than hiring two dudes for a year. Yeah. You know. Um, that's you know, when after Parkland happened, I reached out because I, I actually have like a whole thing ready. Yeah. And uh, I was like, hey, man, I called... Uh, you know, the superintendent, the fucking school, blah, blah, blah. And uh, 
Nothing. Nobody wanted to take me up. And yeah. I was like, I will give it to you for free. Yeah. I was like, but you know what, Mike is like, nobody wants to address a fucking problem. What they want to do is they want to fucking use this shit for their political yeah, fucking agenda. I want to blame somebody. And it's like, look, and I sent an email. I did a mass email, actually, and it was talking. It was like, here's what we know. Put your political agenda fucking aside. What the fuck are you going to do right now to fucking make your school safe? It can't be construction. You can't fucking do a fence. It's got to go through approval. Somebody's got to approve the funding, blah, blah, blah. I have a fucking thing I can give you right fucking now. Nothing. What's the, what's the gist of that? Can you? I'm going to put it in a book eventually. But, um, yeah. So to be continued. Yeah. Yeah. That's good shit. I mean, I, I, you know, to me that proactivity is, is number one. Like you got to do something about it, you know, yeah. you can't fucking bury your head in the sand and just hope, hope shit goes away. But, um, again, we could talk about that all fucking day. Um, so what, uh, we've talked a little bit about what, what you're doing moving forward, anything else that you can add in terms of, uh, what, what you've got going on, what you can advertise for yourself and ultimately where people can find you. I mean, the only other thing we got going on is, um, other than what we talked about before is I'm going to start switching up the videos and it'll be more stuff out of the gun world than in the gun world. To be honest, I'm really trying to get on this program that these guys are fighting these sex traffickers Mm -hmm. and I really want to promote them. I'm just, we're kind of talking about it. Hopefully it happens. I don't know, but uh, anyways, people, you can find me at vigilance elite or at, Sean Ryan seven six two on Instagram, but yeah. uh, vigilance elite across the board. So if, if people uh, listening want to come do private lessons with you, what's the best way to to get to get a hold of you? Either for private lessons or any of the things that you're offering, marketing or or whatever, any any of the things that we've talked about. Uh, the best way is to go to the website vigilanceelite.com, email through the website. My assistant will get it, and then. She will get you on the schedule. If yeah. you hit me through Instagram or Vigilance or uh, Instagram or Facebook or no YouTube DMs. or anything else, I just, I mean, I'd love to say I could get to you, but, it, you know, I mean, you know how it yeah. is. There's so many messages, it's fucking impossible to yeah. answer them all. So yeah. I may, I may not. If yeah. you really want an answer, you got to email through the website. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Um, anything else that, uh, that you want to share before we uh, start to wrap it up here? I just want to say, you're a really good looking mother. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me something I don't know, Sean. (laughs) Thanks for having me. It's the first time I've heard that, actually. It was a a real pleasure. No, dude, I I appreciate you coming down here. I know you're busy as fuck, and uh, especially on the heels of of Scotty Wirtz. Respect, rest in peace uh, to him uh, and his family. And, uh, you know, the fact that you made time to come down right after that is, uh, it means a lot to to me and, and the listeners and everybody. So I appreciate the hell out of you coming. Thank you. Before we uh, wrap it up, wrap it up, a couple house cleaning things I want to mention real quick. You know, I'm going to do it if you're listening on, watching on YouTube. Uh, The Trico CBD oil, it comes in human flavors now. It's 500 milligram. You've got the key lime pie for full spectrum and the lemon lime for isolate. Both of them taste good enough to where I would put it in my own ass. What? Uh, Anyway, it's good stuff. Uh, We do also have the chicken liver in 200 milligram. And uh, it's fucking great. Go to trichosupplements.com to check it out. Uh, all the benefits are on there. I'm not going to drone on about it, but uh, there, there's a, a host of them. We use them on the dogs here. I use it myself, uh, and it's great shit. 
a couple other things that are coming up as always if you have a dog go to teamdog.pet and sign up for the online training People ask all the time how they can help support or what can I do. That, that's the best way. Go there, get it. If you have a dog, pull your head out of your ass. It's 99 bucks for a year, unlimited. It's a total resource. There's forums, there's vet stuff. We've now got a certification program where you can get uh, basic obedience, advanced obedience is coming soon, uh, behavioral modification, and the true foundations course, uh, as well as in the next uh, probably month or so, uh, or by this airs, it may even be out by then, but. Uh, First canine first aid and canine CPR certifications will be available on the website. Uh, I encourage you, if you are a wag walker, a rover employee, uh, you work at a shelter, you dog sit, or you're just a, a good fucking dog owner that doesn't want to see your dog have something shitty happen to it, I encourage you to take those courses and get certified. It's a good feather in the cap. Uh, and that's across the board. That's all the certifications. One thing that I'm also excited to announce, uh, we're going to be doing a Trico's trainer certificate. Uh, the other ones are are for each of the courses. This one is a, an all-encompassing actual certification for Trico's trainer. That's coming down the pipe real soon, so uh, be on the lookout for that. Trico's training franchises are going to be opened up uh, real fucking soon. Uh, we've already gotten a ton of people asking for info on that. I encourage you to just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll announce it on social media when it actually drops and be able to send you a, a licensee franchise contract uh, here very soon. But for those of you that want to get uh, involved in that, um, just be on the lookout for that. We have the Tricos collar and leash combo that's going to be coming through rayallen.com. Um, that should be available by the time this is airing. Uh, again, rayallen.com, Tricos leash, Tricos collar, super overbuilt, really good shit uh, product that we developed with Working Dog Dry Goods couple of years ago and uh and now ray allen is, is manufacturing it the way that they do really well uh we've got uh, some dog food and dog treats coming out of munster uh it'll be dehydrated uh food and treats their specific formula that i developed with them uh that will be available real real shortly and uh a few other things as well um we've got the tricos crate uh, which should be out uh, also by the time this airs uh, which is with dakota 283 the tricos crate that is one that I developed with them over the last couple of years as well uh, that I'm actually really excited about it. It's a crate that if you have a dog, uh, buy this fucking crate because the dog can't get out of it. Um, and we've all had the ass eaters that eat their way or pull the door out of a fucking metal wire crate or whatever. This crate is built uh, for the military in terms of uh, the, the spec with which it's fucking overbuilt is pretty, uh, pretty impressive. So I encourage you to check that out. Any other products that I'm missing? You heard it, folks. No other products that I'm missing. So, um, as always, I want to thank uh, Sean, our guest, for for coming. It's uh, I'm always humbled at the uh, the willingness for our, the caliber of guests that we have to come here. I, I really appreciate you spending the time. Last but certainly not least, uh, you, the listener, choke yourself. There, I threw it in there. Uh, thank you uh, sincerely for all the support that you give us, the popularity or, or success or um, you know, magnitude with which I am humbled, frankly, by uh, the show of support for you guys listening episode after episode and getting all the feedback <clears throat> on iTunes and whatever uh, is really fucking humbling. It, it really is. And I know a lot of people say that and they don't really mean it. I, I truly mean that. I I would never have guessed in a million years that uh, that I'd be sitting in this position to, to be given a platform to be able to interview 
uh, awesome men like Sean and other patriots for this country and people with amazing stories and, and be able to bring that to you guys in the manner in which we do. And I, I am truly forever grateful to be able to, to do that for you guys. So thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to do that. Uh, on that note, um, thanks for everything. I look forward to seeing you next time. And until that next time, this is Mike Drop. I'm Nick, the host of the UFO Chronicles podcast, with first-hand witness accounts of the strange and unexplained, covering UFOs, cryptids, conspiracies, and the paranormal. Real people, real encounters. So come with us on the journey into the unknown. UFO Chronicles podcast is available to listen to on all apps. I'll see you soon. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.